This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're injecting that bug powder and taking that trip to the interzone as we watch Spine 220 in the Criterion Collection, David Cronenberg's Naked Lunch from 1991. But first, mm. RJ. Mm. Um, so... Not much has changed this week. It seems like uh, well, I, actually, you know what? Maybe it's it's kind of plateaued a bit, just a little bit. Sure. Like sure. we've kind of like the shock has kind of set in, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. this is just the new normal. We're uh, we're living our houses, like mm-hmm. and really living in our houses. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't trust anyone. You can't, you can't, True. You can't trust your fellow man, your neighbor, your mm-hmm. government, your media. You can't you? Can't, you're, you're we're on our own. It seems. Uh, yeah, you definitely can't trust anybody, Jarrett, let alone you or podcasters because they are the, uh, no, RJ, it's the, we're the, we're the last true voice. Oh, uh, are we in this all? Yeah. You can listen. So I recommend everyone just listen to podcasters, even like when David Icke and other, uh, weirdos get on podcasts. You can trust them too, I guess. What about, uh, Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro types? Are they, uh, trustworthy? Haven't they been deplatformed or something? I don't know. Are I they, don't follow they, those are, are guys. They, are they back? I don't know. I, I just know that they are uh, big no. in the scene. So. Well, I mean, fuck those guys too. Joe Rogan okay. and all of all of us. Just all podcasts. Stop listening. I agree. Even this one. This Even is the worst one of all. Especially this one. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not much has changed. I've uh, I've settled into a, a good groove now of... um watching movies and uh, i started reading again Jarrett. even though i know you said i don't know how but uh, i can pretend i can flip the pages yeah read some manga this week how what? do you like that manga yeah i've had some uh junji itos that uh i've been neglecting for a while and i was Ooh. like you know what now's the time yeah i read, read some body horror stuff it was perfect mm-hmm. it, it, it was actually uh the only thing is i really like junji ito but and i know this is going to sound like like, I don't know. I don't like the gross out horror stuff. And I know that's like a big element to his, but I, I really like his supernatural stories. Mm-hmm. But some of the gross out stuff, like, I guess it's doing the job because it makes me uncomfortable. But uh, so I read Shiver, that collection last night. Yeah. And uh, I really liked like the supernatural stories, but there was his version of the greasy strangler is in that <laughs> where it's like the kid who just drinks oil. And then, like, he has pimples everywhere, and he squishes his whole face, and it just, like, pus comes out of every hole. And it, like, I honestly, I woke up with that picture in my head, and I was like, ugh. Uh, That sounds uh, great. It it made me so uncomfortable. That and, like, (laughs) the guy who has holes all over his body, I was like, man, I really dislike these uh, little clustered things. Disgusting. (laughs) Disgusting. But, uh, yeah, I'm reading. So uh, people can read if they're uh, not too, like, stressed out by the state of the world i guess um yeah i uh i wound up having to work a couple times this week yeah how was that they pulled uh, you in hey it's, it's kind of like the last man on earth starring vincent price mm. or omega man i was gonna say the what about the omega Le- man legend <laughs> i am mm. legend yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah it's that was kind of i mean it's kind of fun i mean the actual danger of being around people is gone so you're just in yeah. this giant empty building that no one's in there touching things, contaminating anything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can just stick to like, it's a lot easier just like, oh, I'm going to go wash my hands. And you don't have to worry yep. about uh, someone coughing at you, dodging their uh, spittle. 
So I don't know. It's mm-hmm. not too bad. There's no one around to bug you. You mm-hmm. sit, you're sitting around the office. Once in a while, a student comes by to return their contaminated equipment. And you just go, yeah, just put that over there, way over there. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll have a caretaker come and fog that. So, What does fogging uh, entail? I have no idea. It's some sort of like molecular spray. I don't, I have no idea. Supposedly it's uh it's very good at yeah. what it does. And, but you know what? You just leave it, you don't touch it. You let it set for days anyway. And uh, yep. just to be sure. What do you think the uh, lifespan is of this uh, Corona? This my Sharona. Well, it, you mean incubating or like on a f- surface? It on a surface. Well, Cause apparently I, I the, hear such conflicting things. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you can assume that I think copper kills it yeah. very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, this magical thing, this vice article I was reading about how copper was used all the time for a while. And then we yeah. completely forgot about what copper was there for, uh, for, mm. putting, as, as for door handles, because right. it kills stuff within like a pretty good amount of time. Whereas most oh. things it doesn't. And, uh, but yeah, cardboard's like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about like a bucket hat? Stainless steel is like th- uh, days. Hmm. That's problematic. Yeah. What about like fabric though? Like what about a bucket hat? A bucket hat. Well, you know what? I think it's a good idea to just burn bucket hats in general. Okay. Because I, think, if... I believe coronavirus definitely like lives in the, like all of them. Well, big if true, but uh, you are an unverified source. So I'm, I am on a podcast. <laughs> you are on a podcast. I'm just curious about that. It's like, what about like clothes? Like even if you wash it, is it still? Well, I soap, don't know. soap kills it. What if you don't use soap? Oh, start. Mm. Yeah, so uh, what's your uh, soap intake like lately? Are your hands getting a little dry? They're not too bad. I mean, yeah. I haven't really been venturing out too much. So when yeah. I do, I take full advantage of it. But for the mm. most part, I'm like, well, it's not in here. So, I mean, it's, my regimen's the same as usual. Right. Hmm. Well, I can only hope that in the new world... Yeah. Some, several months from now, they improve on some things like, you know, those public sinks where you press it down and then the stream of water only lasts for like five seconds. You, you mean like the one that's right by my office? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. made of stainless steel? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I can only hope things of that nature get well, improved. It, it, but, does, you it know. does make you wonder, like, maybe we need to just get rid of doors, get rid of, oh. uh, you know, and then you don't have to open doors anymore. Sure. Well, I mean, we could we could start with handles and make things like all automatic, which is like mm-hmm. pretty difficult to do and costly. Or you just get rid of doors, and we'll deal with the the heating bills. You know, what's one thing that like I saw once a long time ago, and uh, I know a friend of the show Ryan Nagel was a big fan too. There was there was a bar in town, like a like a restaurant pub kind of place, mm. and uh, the ba- the door into the bathroom it had the door handle, but down at the bottom too there was a little peg with like a hook. So yeah. that you could just like open it with your foot. But, and we loved it, but I don't see those like anywhere anymore. And it really bums me out because it's like, I'd use that every time if it was available. And I don't know why it maybe isn't they, in more places. Maybe, maybe they break. I bet like some kid or like some old guy or kid got like stuck on it once. And died. it was, he died like from a, it? He, yeah, maybe, maybe. Tore something pants. happened. Yeah. 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 So what have, have, have you ever torn some pants? Oh yeah, Absolutely. split some jeans. Oh yeah, and you get that. Okay. And you get that sound. You go, oh oh. Say, oh boy. It's a long time before I can do anything about this. Yow, 
yeah, it, Achi, it sucks. Yeah, but anyway, well, it's mm-hmm. good that you're uh, staying safe. Uh, Trying to. The Marauders haven't gotten to you yet. Yeah, I haven't left my house in like almost 14 days, so that's good. Wow. We're using our. We're really utilizing our deep freeze. We had a lot of stuff in there, my man. Good. A lot of stuff, and uh, you know, some of it's not good anymore. But uh, you know, times are tough, so you uh, make do, right? <laughs> that's right. Well, you want to check in with the the creep email, see uh, in, in the see what touch base with people, see what they have to say about the the outbreak. The way you kind of presented that the creep email that makes it sound singular. Is there just one? Well, there's four. Mm. But I mean, okay. one, one does say the creep email, or That's like true. RJ's email. As, uh, I've got to check my emails. Emails, emails. Yeah. Isn't like the plural of math maths with an it's, it's S, po- even though well, that sounds ridiculous? I, I believe that is a uh, English thing. I think the English called maths, but we do not. Maths? I think people also refer to art sometimes as arts. That's some good. Mm-hmm. That's some good arts. You ever do any maths at home? Big A arts. Big, big A arts. Big, big M math. What about big F arts? Oh. Do you, do you uh, get it? Yeah. Nice. First up, Scott Bailey. Mm. George C. Scott Bailey. So I read somewhere that the coronavirus came from eating bat. Unconsciously <laughs> have been watching the podcast, source of all the sure. information, all the all the breaking news. Sure. Unconsciously have been watching a lot of vampire movies. A couple of them have been <laughs> Hammer films. The other vampire movies I saw, I was wondering if either of you guys have seen. If so, what are your thoughts? Vampire Doll, Lake of Dracula, Evil of Dracula. The, that is all. That's the trilogy. The Japanese va- Dracula vampire trilogy that Arrow put out. I haven't seen any of those. I've seen all three. They're and? Perf- they're perfectly okay. Okay. They're a solid three star movies all the way through. What a hot recommendation, Jared. That, that's about all I can give them. Um, Great. I mean, I don't regret buying them. They're f- okay. They're mm-hmm. uh, harmless fun. Hmm. Another movie I saw, I was also wondering if you saw, it's called Sweet Home. The only way I could watch it was on YouTube. And I have seen Sweet Home. I've seen Sweet Home, Alabama. Yeah. Have you seen that one with, uh, is it Reese Witherspoon or Renee Zellweger? It's with uh, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Patrick Dempsey. Um, Fred Ward is in Sweet Home, Alabama also. So uh, Kyoshi Kurosawa directed this Sweet Home. He also directed oh, okay. the movie Creepy. Uh, oh, yeah. Pulse. Oh, cool. And uh, Cure. Uh, so Sweet Oh, and uh, Seance. Uh, what mm. else have I seen of his? Doppelganger. Yeah, there's like a Penance I've been wanting to watch for a long time. But yeah, Sweet Home's like his earliest film. It's kind of very much more like kind of exploitation. The, I mm-hmm. saw it. I was not a fan of it at the time. I thought it was very slow. But I, yeah. I also, like, it's probably that same crappy YouTube copy that's been around where it's like you can barely see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. I have no input. I've never seen any of that stuff. So there you go. Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. Justin Peterson, quarantine week two. Oh, hey, uh, thanks to George C. Scott Bailey. Uh, maybe we can get some confirmation on that bat and uh, if anyone else is watching vampire movies. But uh, what's going on with quarantine two? Uh, Justin Peterson over here. Oh, I, before we even jump into that, uh, I was like curious about the bat thing. 
because people have been yeah. throwing that around lately. Talking yeah. about those like little armadillos that like mm-hmm. people apparently eat. Pangolins? <laughs> yes. They're the most heavily trafficked animal on Earth, Jared. Did you know that? I did not. But then, yeah. of course, I was reading about all these other uh, these other uh, plagues have uh, made the leap species wise, and I was mm-hmm. learning about civets. Uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, they're like uh, like raccoon cats. So of course, let's eat them. Oh, yeah. No. Of the, course. And so I guess like like maybe SARS came from people eating these civets. Hmm. Um, but the thing that was I also learned about civets is apparently there's farms where people have them eat these beans that then passes through their system, ferments, mm-hmm. and on the other side they harvest the feces beans and then use it for coffee. Yeah, the, that's a, that Morgan Freeman coffee from the bucket list, isn't it? It could be because this was like $600 a pound. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. That's And apparently tastes horrible, but, you know, that's never stopped anybody before. Some people listen to this podcast. Like Justin Peterson, who writes. Sure. <laughs> hey, Jared and RJ, hope you're keeping COVID-19 free. So mm-hmm. far, so good. Schools yep. here in South Carolina have now canceled through April, which likely mm-hmm. means we will miss out on all our spring family activities like soccer, baseball, t-ball, and scouts. So mm-hmm. that'll be a bummer, but at least I'll be a whole lot less busy. Hopefully mm-hmm. these cancellations will not carry into the summer and ruin our Disney and Universal vacation plans. Uh, it's not looking great. It's not looking, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not looking too good. But, I mean, if uh, that's the thing. Will people descend anyway? If because it'll be like you're taking. I mean, all depends. All depends on the next. Uh, if if there's like actually a uh, seasonal slowdown or not, mm-hmm. or if it does it just keep ramping up. Well, the United States, of which Justin Peterson is a member of one, uh, I think are having a, a, a bit of a year. But up here in Canada, uh, school's been pretty much written off for the whole year yeah it's all like online classes that yeah. I, I have no idea how seriously they're being taken uh so i was privy to some like uh information about that and like um the one thing i do know is and this is like public too to like all those kids basically where uh they were they were trying to make it pretty serious where it's just like if a kid is kind of being like like shitty on there it's just like they're gone they're like removed from it for like a couple days or something. And then it's like expressed to the parents. It's like, Hey, listen, this is the only way your kid can get school. So unless they actually kind of take this seriously, it's like, they're not going to disrupt it for everyone else. Mm. So they, uh, I, I think they're trying to make it as like legitimate and serious as possible. But yeah, I think, uh, it, it's until further notice and the expectation is the rest of the school year, that's what's going to happen. So, yep. Yeah. I don't think they're, yeah, they're not going to start back up anytime soon no it just no. make no sense yeah so that's that's the rub up here and then in terms of like like uh summer stuff like because i know right beside us is that uh calgary stampede uh which is a big event and it hasn't been canceled yet but i uh, i was watching our provincial press briefing which happens every day yep. and uh, someone asked that question yesterday, yesterday and uh, yeah. the doctor like she kind of like rolled her eyes she's just like yeah she because someone's like are they going to cancel the stampede and she's like well at, at, she's like at the moment there's no gatherings over 50 people so <laughs> and she's like and you know nothing's really changed make, make of that as you will yeah it's like the olympics just got postponed so what do, what do you think Finally. guys yeah all it took was canada saying we weren't going mm-hmm. it's the straw that broke the camel's back my well, man they, well because that like the 
this is the, the news podcast. The uh, sure. goddamn Olympics fuckers, IOC yeah. pieces of shit. They're like, well, uh-huh. well, we'll get back to you in four weeks. It's like, are you kidding? And then like there was like he was like a coach giving some sports pep talk about uh oh you know the the, the player like these guys the, the athletes they know you know you got to sometimes you got to push yourself. <laughs> it's like uh, fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. It's uh, not one of those guys, Jarrett. No. You know what I mean. No. So, anyways, I hope uh, I hope Justin Peterson can go on his summer uh, vacation also, because that would mean things would be back to normal. So this is true. Uh, I'm rooting for you, bud. So I have a little theory about RJ's feelings toward the late great Bill Paxton. Oh come on! I know he has cited <laughs> aliens in the past for a Paxton character he did not like, but does it also have anything to do with the ultimate douchebag character he plays in Weird Science? Oh. Yeah, he is not good in Weird Science either, and that is another beloved of mine. Uh, Weird Science, Aliens, uh, True Lies, uh, Near Dark. What, what what else do you want? What other bad Bill Paxton movies are there, Jarrett? All of them, some would say. Goat movie question of the week. On that okay. note, what are your favorite John Hughes movies? Oh, I've I he was recently been watching many of them for the first time, but I would have to stick with my longtime favorite planes, trains, and automobiles. An honorable mention to The Breakfast Club and Home Alone, which he produced. Hmm. Hmm. John Hughes, eh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, will, I was always a pretty big fan of Ferris Bueller. Who wasn't? I know you're a big uh, Curly Sue guy yourself. Yeah. But uh, well, I don't know. I'm going to go Uncle Buck. How's that sound? Uncle Buck. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he wrote uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That counts, sure. No. Were, were we just talking about written or directing? Well, anything, I guess. I mean, well, he, what about Flubber? Well, there, there's RJ's pick then. Oh, Dennis the Menace. Man, the hits keep coming. The Great Outdoors, Beethoven, Mr. Mom. Dennis, <sighs> Denny, the, Denny the Many. <laughs> Hey, that's a great movie. You should watch it now in uh, these quarantine days. It's a good show. It holds up. Oh, boy. Dutch? You ever, you ever seen Dutch? Nope. That O'Neill? I've seen Just Visiting oh. with Jean Reno, Christina Applegate, Dri- and... Uh, Drillbit Taylor. It's weird. I mean, he was... Was that, like, what? When did what? he... No, I guess he just... Okay, he actually still was alive when that movie came out, so... Wait, wait, John Hughes isn't alive anymore? No, he died in 2009. From what? I don't know. <laughs> you call yourself a movie podcast. <laughs> Shameful. I, I don't have my uh, spreadsheet open right now. Mm, How'd they die? <laughs> well, the way things are, we, we take a lot off the board, so we probably should keep track. That's right. Right? Uh, I recently saw one of the most hilariously gross movies I've ever seen with Tokyo Gore Police. Mm. I would love to hear JD's memories of this crazy movie and challenge RJ to watch it on Shudder. Hopefully that link is also good in Canada. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, RJ will look it up on his Shudder account. Uh, I don't really mm. remember too much of this movie. It was part of the era, though, of these really over-the-top, wacky Japanese CGI fests. RJ shaking his head in the negative. Yeah, it is not available on Canadian Shutter. I don't think we've said before, but I don't know if we can stress enough how much different our streaming platforms are than America. Like, we do not have many of the same things. Anyways, it's not there. Yeah, Keep we, going, Jerry. It's like how we can't watch movies on demand. Oh, it's such horseshit. Yeah. I, <laughs> At, like last week, we were talking about, oh boy, we can watch Invisible Man. 
Well, you can get it through Apple TV mm. up here. But I was so I was on the phone yesterday with uh, the f- folks at Apple Support for one hour and forty five minutes, Jared. So when I had an iPhone, I lived in the states, and uh, it was still set to United States. And because of reasons, I wasn't able to change my country. So because of that, I wasn't able to update it and watch Invisible Man. So, anyways. <laughs> There, there's an ending to that story, but keep talking about uh, the Tokyo, Tokyo Gore Police. Yeah. As I will not see it now. Yeah, it's a movie that RJ would probably not be a fan of. Okay, I'll I take think, your word I, for it. I feel like... Mm-hmm. like What's the other one that was like Machine Girl? The Machine Girl, yes. That's another one of the, the same period of time. So what's the deal with this? Is it just weird, gross stuff or what? Yeah, they're they're goofy over the top like over the top live action movies augmented with ridiculous CGI crazy hmm. set pieces it's kind of the that grindhouse era oh okay so wait when when did this come out 2008 you said well machine girl came out in 2008 tokyo oh, okay. horror police is probably right around the same time that's like yeah japanese horror movies just became these oh look 2008 it came out as well there you go no there you go if you check out my uh, on Letterbox, I made that Japanese horror films list that's got a whole bunch mm. of likes. And you can actually, if you go around that 2008 era, you can see all the derivative movies that came about because this movie did pretty okay at the time. <laughs> Decade. Mm. Oh, look at that. I can sort it by, hey, that's a new Letterbox feature I didn't realize. You can what? break these lists down by the decades now. Oh, cool. That is handy dandy. I knew all about that. Did you? I just didn't tell you. Did you, pal? Yeah, I know uh, lots of things that uh, you're not privy to. Oh, boy. Hard Hard Revenge Millie, Negative Mm. Happy Chainsaw Edge. That sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, I I have a feeling, though, a lot of those movies could never live up to their uh, titles, though. You know what I mean? This is very true. Mm -hmm. End Call. That's some right at the end of the line of things. Mm. Yeah, there's more. There's a second Hard Revenge Millie, Robo Geisha. That sounds cool, too. I think there's also Dead Sushi uh, a couple of years later. Hmm. Are, hmm. are you intrigued by these things I'm saying? It's like oh, I said. Well, how, and, how could, sound and, cool. and how could I forget Big Tits Zombie? Oh, is that a personal favorite of yours? Wow, absolutely. What do we talk? Is this like, is it just an ironic name or is that actually the movie? Uh, Gothic and Lolita Psycho? Mutant Girl Squad? Hmm. Dead Ball? Hmm. What a what a what an era. Yeah, I mean, it's those are definitely names of movies mm-hmm. that exist. Yes. If, if oh, that's what you're asking. Zombie ass. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that one. Um yeah, it should be noted that uh Dead Sushi, Machine Girl, Zombie Ass, Robo Geisha, Mutant Girl Squad, uh are all directed by the same genius. Uh, Noboru Iguchi. So there hmm. you go. There you go. He looks like such an unassuming man. So do I. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not true. People didn't like my appearance at all. So, Speaking of Grace Crozy, gross crazy movies, uh, uh-huh. I also look forward to hearing you guys speak coherently on Naked Lunch coming up and see if you thought Peter Weller's <laughs> performance was as wooden as I did. Well, I suppose that is all for now. Thanks for the time and have a great show. Well, thank you, Justin. 
Thank you. But uh, I don't know where this uh, promise of coherent speech ever came from. Not on my end. No. Uh, our good Lithuanian friend, RJ, George oh, Holschheimer. George Holschmeiner. What's he up to? With an email entitled, Lunch Naked. Oh, I hope not. Hi, guys. Hope you and the rest of the listeners are doing well. Over here, we are required to stay inside and are only allowed to go outside for groceries and a small walk. It's all mm-hmm. very surreal. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we're getting pretty close to that. Uh, yeah, we're probably a week away, it, it, it seems. I'm, I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened yet. But Me too. Uh, I Me mean, too. it's happened in other provinces, though. Mm-hmm. One would say that this is a great time for watching movies, but with a job that is suitable for working from home and two children that need to be homeschooled, that is not really the case. Mm. Uh, on going through the backlog of episodes, I am now at the full moon episode. That, that must have been a harsh month. The endless flow of movies that are mediocre at best is impressive. I don't know how that did not break your spirit. Who's to say it didn't break our spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, uh, all other things would point to the opposite, that we're we're even more hollow than ever. Right, Jer? Yeah, all courtesy of our good friend, Charles Band. Mm-hmm. Since I am now on a Verhoeven completion streak, what's your favorite Paul Verhoeven show? Stay safe. You too, George. Robocop. Robocop. I would say. Uh, I'm going to take a look. I probably would say that as well. Yeah, I are mean, you- Robocop and Total Recall are definitely neck and neck. Yeah. I've never liked Star Troopers. Uh, oh, really? Starship Troopers. Uh, L, I haven't seen yet. Black uh-huh. Book, I still haven't seen. Hollow Man's horrible. Showgirls is just bad. It's like mm. not the worst movie of all time. It's just not a good movie. Basic mm-hmm. Instinct's a good time. Yeah. Fourth Man is Ait. Flesh and Bu- Blood is Ait. I haven't seen Turkish Delight. I haven't seen Soldier of Orange. And then it starts getting into his uh, native language stuff, I guess, that I haven't seen. Mm. But, what about Kitty Tipple? Nope. Or a Happy Hookers from Amsterdam? Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I would say RoboCop and Total Recall are at the top there. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought Starship Troopers was fine. Yeah. yeah. Some people really like it. They talk about how great of a satire it is, but... Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. I thought you were a really big Hollow Man guy. Is that not the case? No. No. Oh, well, what are you going to do? And finally, an email from Oliver Granger. An oh, email man. titled COVID Creeps. Uh-oh. Hi there, team. Was it Justin that requested friends of the show provide an update on how COVID has affected their lives? Might have been. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. When you read this, New Zealand will be on day one of their four-week at least shutdown. Oof. This is a major shutdown, not half measures you see in places like Australia and the States. You can mm-hmm. only go outside to get food or go for a walk, but you must not get close to anybody. Yeah, we have a, what's our word for it? Social distancing? Social distancing, and then now even they've more re- aggressively, they, physical distancing. Yeah, they, they've rebranded it because social distancing yeah. is too abstract. It's, it's, too, yeah. it's too big. People were having a really hard time understanding that, Jared. And they're like, well, I can go to my friend's house, right? And they're like, mm, no. Yeah, so we're, we're in the physical distancing era. But, but, then, but now they're throwing out that thing. We want, so, we want physical distance, but we want social connection. Yeah, because it's – make. yeah. 
yeah, that's what's going on. Has our uh, has that Doctor Hinshaw of our fine uh, Creepsville has she become uh-huh. a celebrity? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. That's the vibe I've gotten from it. Yeah, I'm, although I'm, I, I'm not I, sure how like I mean I think like every like a lot of people are tuning in to watch her broadcast in our uh, mm-hmm. our neck of the woods, but I'm not sure if it's like a thing that's like out in the rest of Canada or is like showing up in other places. Well, in the states they have that Doctor Fossey. Oh or yeah, Fochi, or however you say Fo- that. I think it's Fochi, yeah. Fochi, but uh, that's mostly because he was like, whenever <laughs> Trump would say stuff, that guy would be like, um, no, not well, really. Well, well, it's him and the uh, the other the the female doctor that's up there. Those two both oh. are like having to like pretend that what mm-hmm. he, what what he's saying isn't shaking them to their very core, and then they have to step in and correct because they're like, oh my god, people mm-hmm. are drinking poison. Yeah, people are literally dying fit, fit, now. Fit fish tank cleaner. Ugh, yikes. Yikes. What were we talking? Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, that lady. Yeah, she's a celebrity. Although I got to tell you, I am I am actively trying to limit the amount of media that I take in because the last couple weeks I have seen, other than like her, because she seems trustworthy in Alberta Health Services, everything else seems a little bit um, – what's the word – word for making things more than they are do you know what i mean jerem um go on not that they're exaggerating the situation i know the situation is bad but uh i think the media is uh not as good when they're saying wrong stuff i only get my news from trusted officials how's that sound for an answer like lou dobbs and tucker carlson (laughs) sure sure is lou dobbs still alive uh well he was trending on twitter the other day and i think so as you usually see when like someone you've heard of is trending everyone goes oh shit did they die and then Mm -hmm. they go oh nuts he's still alive oh just a racist tweet yeah no i something like that yeah that's that's been the real disturbing part is the uh American rush to save the economy over the <laughs> over their senior citizens. The, or They're all expendable. The elderly. It's just mm-hmm. like the, it's like this group upon themselves. The elderly. The elderly. What a title! That's a film title right there. <laughs> well, when are you going to make it? You got a lot of time on your hands yeah. now, no? I, it's true. I do. I could. I yeah. could bang out all those screenplays. Sure. Sure. Why not? Do it. Uh, I'm going to have to find creative ways to keep my two-year-old entertained whilst working from home and Rupa will be looking after our two-week-old. Every non-essential business Mm. is closed. A lot of people have lost their jobs. I am currently on 80% of my income. Most of this is subsidized by the government as my company has lost all of its business. We sell schools to libraries. or We sell schools to libraries. Do you... (laughs) Libraries to schools? Maybe it is schools to libraries. That'd be pretty revolutionary. I suspect there might be books is missing there, but uh, don't don't assume though. We we I, have no idea what Oliver Granger could I mean, mean. Shit, I mean I didn't realize uh, he was like that high roller selling schools. <laughs> Maybe he is. New Zealand's a different place, you know. <laughs> Wild down under, right? That's the that's the right country, right? But hey, you know that's like that's uh, the one thing I've seen from a lot of more forward thinking countries is the eighty percent of income being given to people in uh, other places. Not so much here. Uh, uh, no, our, our federal government just said uh, for eligible people, $2,000 a month for four months, but you have to be eligible. And there's a, a million people who applied to be on EI in seven days. And uh-huh. there's been like, who knows how many more 
tens, tens mm-hmm. of thousands of people laid off since. Well, the website was crashed like instantly. So yeah, uh, if this is over in four weeks, things should go back to normal for us. Much longer than that, we will see. Uh, he followed up with a yeah. second little micro email. Getting food, as in what we call supermarkets, is not what uh, not not sure what you call them. Uh, yes, yeah, supermarkets. Yeah. yeah, grocery stores, supermarkets. Yeah. yeah, the place where the food lives. Yeah, food hut. Food hut. Yeah. All restaurants and takeaways obviously closed. Nope, mm. that's not a thing. There, uh, restaurants are still open, uh, but they are. Most of them are doing delivery only, or if you yeah. go in, it's pickup. Uh, skip the dishes. A delivery company like mm-hmm. uber delivery company that's taken over yeah. canada and is really sleazy they've managed to fill in this gap very nicely uh yep. yeah see the only thing that concerns me there is uh I, the drivers who like maybe unwillingly are exposed to it from someone who's getting it the bottom of their bag gets yeah. put on a counter or somewhere yep. and who knows uh, yeah it's I, I did see pizza hut's offering contactless delivery jared yes yeah, that, you, that's also the the new thing they uh you pay online the delivery guy rings the doorbell with his elbow puts the pizza <laughs> down uh it says on the platform which is really just the ground uh yeah. and then they they walk 10 feet back make sure you open the door and get the food and they wave at you and then they uh they Retrie- drive away and they really retrieve their bag Oh, they leave it in the bag? Well, I mean, I don't know how that would go. Do they literally just leave your shit on the like literally on the ground? Well, see, because if they leave if they leave it yeah. in the bag, then someone has to use their I hands to take, open the bag. So the person has to open the bag for the person who's going to retrieve it. Or like, yeah. yeah, see, they, they have to touch it at some point. They so, somebody's touching that thing. So, somebody's touching it. Well, our our doctor lady says that food is safe. It, it can't be transmuted through food, but it's the packaging. So she was like, if you Open up the packaging, take the food out, put it on your own dish, wash throw the hands. packaging away, wash your hands. Then they said she she's like, that's cool. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. There could be a 16-year-old kid making that burger and he's just like <clears> – <throat> so, I mean, it's a it's oh. now more than ever, it's a great time to learn how to cook your favorite dishes, right? Absolutely. Remember that Chinese food you were making that Fuck was better yeah. than takeout, Jared? Damn right. Oh yeah! Now you got to put it to the test. Self sufficiency is uh, really comes in handy here. Watch those. Learn to teach yourself how to cook. Hop on YouTube. Sure. Get get creative. You know. Yeah. We're we're probably gonna make a uh, make pizza on Friday. So. Ooh la la. Pretty cool, hey. Mm-hmm. So what were you talking about? Uh, just uh, the state of things. I mean. Oh. I mean. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, bo- the box office is dead. It's, yep. it's gone. It's not, a, it's not, it's off the, no one's talking about it. But imagine yep. if like a real Marvel movie had been like coming out. What if this was like last year and Avengers Endgame was like, do you think people would just like, they, they would be rioting? That's what would push Probably. them over the edge. It's not like anything else. It's not being forced to go to work on Easter Sunday. It's, mm-hmm. uh, no, it'll be like, I can't see the end. I mean, people are pretty mad about James Bond, but at the same time, it's like, eh, it's just James Bond. That, yeah. I think Black Widow is delayed. Yep. Well, everything's been delayed now, but uh, some things like that Ben Affleck movie went straight to VOD, just not even getting a theater and run anymore. And like, I know people get mad, but it's like, I I have a hard time caring about it. I, I hardly go to like new movies in theaters anyways, but it's like, it's like, I'd rather wait like four years for a new James Bond movie. I don't care. 
Holy shit. I'm just looking at the latest dailies for movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, the, so, well, this is just like, okay. So, guess how much Invisible Man made on March 19th? Uh, I don't know. $21,000. Twenty one eight. Sorry, Bloodshot pulled in a cool on VOD or theaters. Well, I don't know if this actually takes those numbers or if this is just like the last few theaters that are still open in like some Mm -hmm. markets. Hmm. Can imagine some like little tiny little places are like, yeah, we're fine, like Arkansas or Tennessee. Mm, I gotcha. Because I was, I was thinking, I was like, our theaters have long been closed. So long, ten days. Well, yeah. Not even, yeah. actually. I think it's been a Maybe week. A week? Well, a week feels like a year now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then Oliver says, stay safe, everyone. Cheers. Yeah. You too, buddy. Hope you go back to selling school soon. Yeah. Keep those kids interested. Make them do stuff like cook for you. Two years old, that's early enough to make like a chicken fried steak. No? Um, I was uh trying to go for a walk one day. And? Uh, people aren't very good at observing space at the best of times in Creepsville. Mm-hmm. Like when it's like bright, sunny, healthy days, people like walk three, four wide with dogs mm-hmm. and they expect you to like just to get off the path because they can't walk in single file or anything. Yeah. It hasn't changed much. They just have more of a paranoid gaze when they walk past mm-hmm. you and go, do you got it? Are you going to make me sick? It's like, it's not me that I should be afraid of. It's you, uh-huh. sir, and your poor manners. People have always had poor manners. I've been saying this yeah. for years. Yeah, no, can't can't trust them because uh, no. you have to. People have to be able to acknowledge that they themselves are sick. And some people go, "Well, I don't care. If I'm sick, I'm fine." Yeah. Well, I rem- I remember even a couple weeks ago, I was like, when that immunologist, I I gave a similar response, but that was before the world was on fire. Yeah, like I, I said, I have been thinking about that uh, quite a bit. What? That I said that? No, that that doc, that doctor, that immunologist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. It was like at the time, it was like that was before. That was about six days before all the all hell broke loose. So, uh, she told me that, and I was like, I was like, she must know something. She's a doctor, yeah. but uh, I guess and, and not. I, and I think I was kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That, that doesn't sound right, and but in yep. here we are. But there was like I don't know doctors. Sometimes they have a a bit of a an ego, and they think True. they're right. There was the the ones that were at the the curling bond spiel, and oh. and what now ones died, and a bunch of them went right back to work. It sounds like pretty much almost. I think they've tested fifty percent of them, and like every single one of them has it. And they they were saying that they think it's because there was um a buffet, a buffet, yeah, and it was all the, the serving spoons. Uh huh. Yeah. So just stay home. It's like I said. I uh, it's uh, it was all fun until it wasn't, and uh, I haven't left my house in fourteen days. No, nope. I'm doing my part. Yeah. <laughs> like Starship Troopers, I'm I'm try I'm trying. Standing around in the shower. Crying. It's like, well, Paul Verhoeven apparently uh, did that scene naked with the actors too, allegedly. He was naked also? Yeah. Why was he naked? Just to make them feel comfortable that he wasn't taking advantage of them. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, 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 I have a, uh, something I want to raise here. I mean, it's like, hey, everyone get naked. Oh, it's okay. I'm naked too. Hmm. <laughs> are, are you wearing pants right now, Jarrett? Hey, RJ, what you been creeping on this week? Uh... <laughs> Um, a lot. 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Creeptober. It is for so, you. I mean, for, I'm out well, there. I'm I'm, out, I'm in there living a horror movie out on the streets. <laughs> yeah, you are because you don't have a deep freeze with half a slab of beef in there. Man, I got hamburgers for we- hamburger for weeks, my man. Weeks. So uh, I'm good for a while. But uh, so people might notice I've been watching mostly horror movies and it's not because I've had the itch. It's because I actually am doing what you've probably wanted me to do forever and actually watch all of the movies you've lent me that I think a couple of these I've had in my possession for probably at least one year, maybe two, maybe three. I might, I've maybe had Phantasm two for like two and a half years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it sounds about right. Which you watched today today i yeah i'm not gonna talk about phantasms yet because uh you want to watch gonna, all of them yeah they're all on uh shutter except yeah. for two huh and uh apparently there's a reason that that happened he said he was going to explain it in the next episode so i'll find out i i'm imagining a copyright issue yeah anyways sounds about right um i guess like before we even get to those movies though we could talk about my watching new nightmare Oh yeah, how's uh how was New Nightmare for you? I know you're not a fan. I'm never I've never been a fan of this movie. Okay. I just it's watching it again too. I I can't yeah. get over how bad an actor Wes Craven and Bob Shea are cuz it's like they're yeah. not actors and I get that it's cool that they're in this movie, but mm-hmm. oh, man, they stink. They're so bad. Uh that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't help things. I hate the Freddy mask, like the the like the makeup, yeah, looked, the new Freddy, it looks so crap. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. look like it doesn't look like a burn victim at all. I mean, I yeah. don't. But the thing is, though, then there's too far. You can go with that with an, uh, the remake, uh, and like no nose. Yeah, that that's and, like that that kind of. Yet there's there has to be a balance, and by the yeah, time it's too br- it's too brightly lit. It just yeah. and like because like Fre- Freddy's dead. It looks. Oh, because we haven't, have we talked about, no, we haven't, or did we? No, we talked about Freddy's Dead last week. Okay, we did talk about Freddy's Dead, yeah. We, that's where we got up to. Okay. And then, yeah. yeah, I just watched New Nightmare, putting the capper on that. So, it's, uh, I I know you weren't a fan, but I actually, I, I'd never seen New Nightmare, and uh, I didn't, like, I knew it was, like, meta context stuff, but I didn't really know what it was about. So, when I watched it, it was new to me, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, I have a hard time, though. Like, so I have that ranked list. And it's like I said, I, I kind of have three and one around the same. Okay. And then I have the documentary yep. as second for sure. And then I would put New Nightmare Freddy versus Jason after that. But then here's where I get like really hung up. Four, two and five, I think, are all equal hmm. in my mind. Okay. Uh, well, four and two at least. I would say um, I would say two is definitely the best of those movies. Of those ones, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what I mean. Like four and two, I think are pretty much equal. Uh, and then five is just a step down. Six is definitely a step down. And then I would put the the remake at the bottom. And it's not because I have like any long standing mm-hmm. like loyalty to it. It's just you'll you'll get there and you'll see. But uh, that's where. So I have New Nightmare and Freddy vs. Jason, but this ranked list was actually kind of hard to make because a lot of them, in my mind, I was like, I think they're all kind of equal. Like some of, like four and two, they have really good practical effects, but then some of the story is lacking. So I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I tried my best, but I, I, I like them all, man. Like I would, eat, I'll take the worst Freddy movie over like some of the new stuff we have any day of the week. Yeah. Sometimes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Still fun. How was brain scan? 
<laughs> I, I didn't much care for brain scan, man. Yeah. Like, and I know every like everyone's like it's the Nairon Elm Street uh, like ripoff, and apparently Phantasm Two is also. Uh, there wasn't almost anything S- in brain. Uh, sc- Skype was uh, covering your sneeze there. Oh, I wasn't. I didn't even sneeze. I know. I was making a joke about Skype. Oh, <laughs> uh, I cut out, huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was just saying, like, Phantasm 2 is also described as a Freddy 2 re- ripoff, but I'll talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. I didn't get much out of Brain Scan, man. Like, it's it's got your buddy. Um, My close personal friend. Uh, Edward Furlong. Yeah, he's in there for the ride. And, like, I think the idea of the virtual reality game is, like, kind of cool, but I, I don't really like the uh, the Brain Scan guy oh yeah uh the trickster yeah like he's just annoying and like <laughs> like i know i think your review you talked about how it's like it's like freddy's dead funny freddy and i was like even when i was watching i was like he kind of is but he's also just like super uninteresting and it's like there's nothing about this guy that's like makes you want to watch it at all i didn't think so no i yeah i am not i have no because i watched when did i watch brain scan 2015 for the very first yeah. time and yeah it didn't really make much of an impression i don't remember anything about it now i don't think it's outright bad or anything i just think it's kind of boring it's like edward furlong gets a vr game where it's just like brain scan and then uh it makes him feel like it's never really explained it's like hypnotism like the game hypnotizes you and then he thinks he goes out there and kills people but he actually is going out and killing people and like so that's like it makes you think you're playing a game but it's real life Mm -hmm. that's what brain scans about but uh i actually i don't know i never i was never really interested in it i was like "Mm, yeah it's like i don't like this dude with the big red hair this trickster he's boring and annoying so i didn't get much out of brain scan my man lake mungo (laughs) uh lake mungo is good yeah until it gets weird uh see i i i i I remember liking this movie uh i see that i gave it three stars which is like like a okay like review of a, for like a yeah. 2008 horror movie but mm-hmm. i don't remember like anything <laughs> okay so it's like uh it's like a mockumentary style right. about a family a girl dies and then she starts appearing like in their house as a ghost and so it's it's like as if this is like a, a history channel documentary being made about them like yeah. detailing all the evidence and so it's actually i think the first half is really good where it's just like clips of her kind of like in the background walking around the house i was like ooh, that's pretty spooky not bad at all not bad at all and then and then it gets kind of weird man like it gets into like this sex cult thing where it's like a neighbor's dad and like and the daughter and you're kind of like oh what (laughs) and then it's like people out in the woods like seeing versions of themselves dead and then like burying cell phones and bodies and like i kind of got lost with it i was like I was like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. But as soon as like all the weird sex stuff happened, I was like, I was like, where does this fit in with this movie? Like, it's it's such a strange, unfinished business, and that's why she's like a ghost or something like that. But right. I uh, I wasn't on board with it at all. Like at that point, I was like, Ugh. I was like, I don't like this stuff. But the first half is pretty good. I like the spookiness of the first half. Cool. What shit, next, Jerry Garris? I can 
report that this is the only shit gears movie I've seen that I don't actively yeah, dislike. Exactly. That's what I said, right? I said that I, this I is like this is this is that. but no, but that's still not even like it's barely good. Yeah, like, it's it is it's barely good. It does um it does stand uh a foot above a lot of the bad Stephen King stuff because some of the bad Stephen King stuff is really bad. Yeah. Uh, especially shit Garris's stuff. But uh the stand like it has a few things in it that are actually pretty pretty well done. Like I actually kind of like the opening. Yeah. Where uh, oh, the op- the opening is fantastic. Yeah, with like Blue Oyster Cult playing, and it's just kind of scanning all the dead bodies. And there's a few scenes like that throughout this, like the miniseries, and it's like those things are really cool. Um, and like by and large, they do a, a pretty good job of uh, telling the story. They do change a few things, but it's kind of like you got to cut something, right? This thing's already six hours long. So you got to cut some shit, but uh, no, it's, it's not bad. It was better than I actually expected it, especially with the shit Garris. And a lot of that is probably also timing, you know, considering it's also a TV movie. He had like less resources probably with this than other things, but I know it's the, it's his masterpiece. (laughs) Uh, Clearly, clearly it is. It's definitely better than any of the other stuff he's made. I'll tell you that much. The thing that made me like, like, audibly gasp and laugh was the uh, guest appearance of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar walking around as the prophet. Cause like, I had no idea he was in this and then he's walking around. He's like, bring out your dead. And I was like, what the, I was like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, our connections, our connections very good tonight. Uh Oh, well, anyways, I was, I was surprised to see uh, my boy Kareem. I was like, what are you doing, Lou Alcinder? I didn't know you were in this movie. Strange. Satanic panic. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> not not good, dude. Uh, so this was, um, it premiered on Shutter Live. And uh, I remember they were like advertising. It was like, watch the movie with Chelsea Stardust, the director. And I thought it was like going to be Jim Bob style or Joe Bob style, Jim Bob, uh, where she was like hosting it. But it was just on Twitter. She was like commenting live. So I was like, whatever, I don't care about that. But uh, this was like some real try hard stuff, man. Like this is uh, this is the this is the 2019 movie um, that typifies the the shockwaves horror scene of like Uh everyone's friends and talks about how great their movies are. And you go, I bet this movie's not very good at all. Yep. And you would be right. It's like. It's it's flashy. It's got like Rebecca Romaine in it and uh what's his name from Tomcats? Rebecca and, uh, Romaine Lettuce. Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Oh. Previously. And then uh Jerry O'Connell from Stand By Me and uh Tomcats. He's in this too. So it's got like some actual actors in it. But uh it's they, it's they, all this they were actors. They were actors, yeah. With careers, it's, yeah. It's got all the stuff I hate in like new horror movies though, where it's like really on the nose, like try hard kind of woke stuff where it's just like, I don't know, like some of it like actively annoys me where I was just like, Ugh. I was like, get, it's like, get over, get over yourself or do, for do a the, while. Do this better. Like or do, it, do yeah, it better. Like do it like, so it's not obvious, like trick me and yep. be like, Oh shit, that's really clever. But it's, it's like, exactly. Like they swear it on their sleeve and they're supposed to be applauded for like, Hey, I'm acknowledging this thing bluntly. And people go, that's mm. awesome. It's like, that's not, that's not film. That's not film craft. That's not storytelling. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's so like, uh, they just like throw it at you and you're kind of like, uh, and then on top of that, the movie itself has like plot holes that like took me out of it. So it's like a pizza delivery girl. And she, so this movie, it's kind of like house of the devil. She like stumbles upon a a cult and they want to sacrifice her so that like Baphomet can like come back and take over. Always goddamn Baphomet. Always uh, Baphomet. So she like stumbles onto this cult. They order a pizza. Uh, And like this whole setup doesn't make any sense. So like they order a pizza and then the guy doesn't tip her. Uh, So she like she's mad. So she goes into the house where they're having the satanic cult party where the pizza is not being eaten, Jarrett. There was no reason for them to order a pizza. Uh, And it, it wasn't to ensnare her because that's what happens next. So she goes in there demanding a tip from these people. She's like, I she's like, I wasted gas coming out here. I need a tip. And some ladies like, oh, you shouldn't be here. And then Rebecca Romaine is talking about how she's like, yeah, we're supposed to have our sacrifice tonight. But, uh, you know, the lady who we were going to sacrifice, uh, she didn't come. So we don't really know what to do. And then she the pizza delivery girl is walking around. She's like, where's my tip? And then they're like, oh, we can sacrifice this lady. So it's like, number one, why did they order a pizza? Because they were clearly not planning on eating it. Number two, the audacity of this girl to demand a tip to go in into a person's house. And then like from there, they're like really bumbly, like they mess everything up. And like Jerry O'Connell, he's like, oh, yeah, they're going to kill you if you're a virgin. He's like, here, I, I have to I have to have sex with you so that you're not a virgin anymore and they won't sacrifice you. So it's got the threat of rape in there because that's a, a good thing for it. Well, so they're like, the, is that the implication? Threat of rape, uh, where it's not actually there, but this popped up a lot this week for me in these yeah. movies I was watching the implication. Uh, but anyway, so like they're like bumbling and she gets away and then like hijinks ensue. But then later on in the movie, they're not bumbling anymore. And they're like, calling up demons and monsters that like fly through the air and kill people. And I was like, it's like, there's no consistency. It's like they go from not having a plan and like, can't do anything right to being like overpowered. I was like, fuck this shit. I, uh, I stopped with 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes left. I couldn't even finish the Wow. (laughs) I was like, fuck it. I don't care anymore. I just turned it off. I was like, I don't want to watch this. Speaking of the, speaking of the threat of rape, uh, yeah, I see that there's a movie I'm looking at. I'm looking at the tags. Sure, doggos, animal endangerment, <laughs> uh-huh. rape, dog violence, animal cruelty. Uh huh. What movie is that, Jer? A boy and his dog. Yeah, fabled Fallout uh, movie, which yep. uh, apparently the Fallout games take heavy inspiration from. Yep. Right. Okay, Vic, so Vic, Vic and Blood. I, I know what you would say. Why did you watch this? Because the title alone makes it suggest it would not be an RJ movie. Yep. There is a website I used, Jared, called Does the Dog Die? And this movie is uh, descriptive, over-descriptive. There, I'll send you some stuff on there where it's like some of the questions that they ask and people <laughs> like fill out. It's like, how is that? would that ever be the case in any movie? But anyways, so like – people like will go in and comment and they're like, no, the dog doesn't die. And so like, they're pretty good too, where it's like, they'll say whether an animal is killed and then they'll say like, if anything happens like untoward to it also. 
And this movie had people commenting and they're like, no, nothing bad happens. Nothing bad happens. Uh, but they neglected to mention the dog fight that happens at 30 minutes in where it's two dogs just fighting. And I'm like, I know what you'll say. Dogs fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But it's like these dogs wouldn't have been fighting with each other if it wasn't like if they weren't made to for this movie. So I thought that was annoying. So I watched like 40 minutes of this thing and then I, I was like, fuck it, whatever. Uh, this movie also has the threat of rape. Uh, I didn't realize this movie was all about. So it's about a guy and his um, telekinetic dog that or the dog talks to him. Yeah. Through telekinetics. No, that's telepathy. Telepathy. The dog talks through telepathy and they're navigating this wasteland. Uh, the dog, his major priority is food. So he, uh, him and the boy get food together. The boy, all he wants to do is get laid. Yep. Uh, so I didn't realize that that's all this movie is about is the dog literally sniffing out women so that the boy can <laughs> rape them. Because that's well, all it is. He wants to, Not he, wants to meet a, he wants to meet a boyfriendless girl. Yeah, not always rape, but like in this situation, the girl's dressed like a boy and he corners her and he's like, you thought you could get away from me, huh? And I was like, whoa. So it doesn't actually happen, but the threat is there. The threat is there. It's the post-apocalypse. Yep. Um, It's written by uh, Harlan Ellison. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, I I love the idea of a telepathic dog and a boy just wandering around, but uh, I was put off by the dog fighting and the rape in. But this was available on the Criterion Channel, Jarrett. Oh, that's why I watched this because uh, all did, those. Did you did you watch the whole movie? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh. Uh, I got halfway through it, and then like the dogfight scene was going on a lot longer than I had the stomach for. So I was like, eh, I could finish it one day, but I likely won't. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want to hear about, Jarrett? Neon Maniacs. Okay, Neon Maniacs, uh, the title and premise are way better than the movie uh, could ever be. Uh, you have the San Francisco Maniacs, and they, they're kind of like mutated village people because they're all like different roles. Like there's a samurai, there's a uh, indigenous man, there is like a robot, then there's like, I don't know, uh, a caveman. So they all have like different kind of roles uh and they're all really cool and uh a group of teenagers kind of stumbles upon them and they kill all but one and then the whole movie is them trying to track the one girl and uh get her is what i understand of neon maniacs titles awesome the maniacs look pretty cool but they're not in it as much as i'd like they're in the ending they're in it a, a good bit more but uh there's not enough neon maniacs and then uh the resolution is a little bit a little bit wishy-washy jared uh they go the signs approach where they can be taken out by a uh, regular Whoa. water ah. uh and i was like huh m night shamlong must have stole that interesting uh and then what uh what else happened in this movie you have a couple cool things like with the maniacs but there's not there isn't actually like there isn't a ton of gore or killings there's a few there's a few pretty good ones but uh i wanted more do you know what i mean from the title Neon Maniacs, I was yeah. like, I thought it was going to be a like a zero to one hundred, and it wasn't. So it's okay. It's uh, there is def there's a whole scene though where it's just an '80s band singing a slow song, and you get the whole slow song, which is like charming in its own right. But yeah. uh, I was kind of like, I just want more Maniacs, you know. Someone's watching me, John. 
Carpenter. This one also had the threat of rape, oh, Jarrett. Yeah. It's about a big old perv watching from yeah. in a window. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's like um, opposite rear window kind of where it's like a lady in a uh, apartment complex and some guy calls her, comments on what she's wearing, the men that she has over. Uh, he starts sending her gifts. Uh, it's getting a little bit intrusive. And she's had it. She goes to the police and they say, listen, <laughs> we'd like to help you. But uh, you want us to arrest someone over some crank phone calls? And she's like, he sent me a swimsuit and said he was going to rape and kill me. And they're like, sorry, babe. We just can't help you. <laughs> we just can't help you. Hey, uh, it was 78. I know. You no. Know, uh, <laughs> it wasn't on the books yet, apparently. No, it wasn't. Uh, I was delighted to see Uncle Leo from Seinfeld in this movie. Yeah. Uh, pretty much the same age as he was when he was old Uncle Leo 30 years later or 20 years later. So that was cool. Uh, no, it, Someone's Watching Me is pretty good. Uh, it's got some good suspense in there. Uh, it's well well put together, man. It's, it's made for Carpenter. TV. I think it's a great little piece of made for TV. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's a good show. That's uh, definitely uh, a watch, Jarrett. The Witch's Mirror. The Witch's Mirror, I thought, was really cool. Uh, it's a little bit of a slow burn for a while. You get, um, it's like a Mexican horror movie, and uh, there's a guy with his wife, and the guy's not really good to his wife. He's a doctor. And then she kind of dies, and it's pretty much, no, he murders her, actually. Um, but he doesn't know that the the wife's mom is the housekeeper in the house, and she's a witch, so she sets out to curse this man because he gets a new wife like a day later. And then uh, you see her through the mirrors. Um, the guy, I don't know how much to say about this, like what happens with the new wife. But I actually, I thought Witch's Mirror was really cool. Like it's got, it's got really nice cinematography. Yep. It's got, uh, it's got some great shots. And I even like some of the, the spook effects. Like uh, when he starts like, Parts of bodies get transplanted onto other parts of bodies. And uh, there's ladies with like full head wrap walking around. I just thought it looked really cool. I was like, I, I'm into this. It's a good story. It's definitely, it's not like, it's not super long. It's only like 85 minutes or something, 75 minutes. So that that was a plus too. But uh, even at 75 minutes, it takes a little while to get to where it's going. That, that'd be my only like knock yeah. against it. Yeah. That's good. But, yeah, uh, I remember liking that one cool. when I watched it. Whenever, uh, whatever Halloween that was. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I liked it. The Iron Rose. The Iron Rose, Jer. The Iron Rose is a giallo. Mm. Oh no, uh, no, it's not. No, the Iron it's, Rose it's, isn't it's, that at it's all. It's French. Yeah, I, I'm. I was confusing that with the uh, the, the Argent. The Argento. bird. Yeah. So, uh, Iron Rose also threat of rape. Also, sex criminals, because you get some horny teenagers doing stuff down in the uh, the catacombs and the cemeteries. Um, I think if I was in, I probably watched this at the wrong time. This is a very like slow kind of uh, moody, atmospheric movie. It's about like kids who get lost in a cemetery, and then like that turns into a bigger thing. And I actually think the idea of that is like really cool. Kind of reminded me of like as above so below where it's yeah. like this labyrinth of just getting lost in this uh world and i thought that was really cool um i was i, I didn't like it like uh certain parts of it because some of it was when it was just like the dude just t like all he, he's just like give me them tits 
baby? And she's like, no. And he's like, give them to me, babe. And then they kind of walk around for a while and then he does it again. And I was like, all right, come on. I was doing the kind of move it along gesture with, uh, with this guy who, uh, but, uh, it does, it's got some cool imagery, lots of like fog and, uh, semi- cemetery stuff and clowns. There's a clown just walking around. Yeah, I, I do. I do really like the idea of it. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't totally land for me, but uh, it's like I said. Maybe I didn't really know anything about it, and when I watched it, I was like, uh, there was probably a better time for me to be more into this, and I blew it. So you blew it. I blew it. What are you gonna do? The bird with do? the crystal plumage. Man, fucking Dario Argento. This guy. This is not one of my guys. Jarrett. He's so 50-50 with me. Like, I think some of his stuff is like all-time bangers. Uh, and then some of his stuff, it's like, eh. Um, I know this is like a thing with a lot of giallos and like Italian cinema. And later, like, or like, I don't know if I'll even talk about him today, but like, say like Paul Nashy movies. I know there's like a certain amount that I'll like, I, I can let fly in the sense of things not making sense. But I feel like a lot of Argento stuff, like not that his movies are overly complicated, but a lot of stuff he's just like, I'm going to just throw this in here. And it's not like it's not like the way David Lynch does it, where he's like, it makes cool, does or it looks cool, doesn't have to mean anything. I feel like in Argento's movies, sometimes he'll like include stuff and I'll be like, this is confusing me because it's like it's like, I don't know how to follow this when it's like, here's a twist and here's a turn. And then it's always like, but it was this one, like a real like zinger on you and i'm like what are you doing bud what are you doing bud this one it's i mean it's the same plot of all of his movies kind of where it's not like a guy who makes music or a dancer or anything like that but it's a guy and his wife almost gets killed and then he's kind of like walking around trying to solve the case and um some guy eats cats in this movie jared So there's this big scene about this guy feeding another guy and then uh, and then it shows that he's got like a cage full of cats and he's like uh, he's like don't let them out uh, they uh, they're fatter when you leave them in here and he's like why would you want them fatter he's like because I eat them and I was like why would you even I was like I know like it's clearly a joke kind of but I was like why would you even include that like he wrote this movie I was like that's such a weird thing to put in there it's like because he 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 doesn't like cats as you can see in like his other movies where he stuffs them in bags and like throws them at shit and walls and stuff. I don't know. I think he's a weird dude. It's like I said, some of his movies I like a lot, but uh, some of his movies are not good. Huh? I haven't, you know what I, mean? I haven't watched this movie in 10 years. I've never, I, lo- I've never logged it in the letterbox era and like the period before that. That's really odd. I'd say you don't have to. Well, you own it, though. So I do. That's you. And I'll have it back someday after I let it uh, decontaminate. Yeah, I think all of any, anything I can just put soak them all in the tub. In this COVID, <laughs> yeah. In this COVID era, everything needs to be yeah. decontaminated. So, I got. Is two, that what you want? I got two more for you. Okay. God, monster of Indian flats. Uh, <laughs> God, monster of Indian flats. This one's weird, dude. Um. <laughs> Have you seen this? Yeah, movie? yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's kind of it's a western. Yeah. That takes place like in the old west, but it's also modern because there's scientists doing science things, and it bounces between the two. And I was like, 
I was watching it. I was like, I don't really understand this like Western town because it's people who are fully committed to like old West ranch or like old West, like uh, high noon saloon tavern, like lynching, like hanging people. They're fully on board with it. But then it'll cut to like a sign or into a lab where they're studying the God monster. And I was kind of like, I was like, what's going on? I was like, they're just, they're, they're folksy. They are folksy. In 1973. Yeah. So anyways, you have this Western town and then you have this guy who, uh, he gets like, he's like a drifter and then he gets left with these sheep and he (laughs) sleeps in like the barn. And then when he's there, he finds a sack of flesh. Uh, and then a scientist takes it and then they study it and it turns into the God monster, which is just a, a huge sheep with long arms. And I actually thought the God monster was kind of cool. I wanted more of the God monster, but he goes the way of a, he's definitely a tragic monster where uh, he gets captured and then put on display for the people. And then unfortunately meets his own end. And it's not, he never, God monster never actually like hurts anybody. He's just walking around and like shambling around. No. Yeah. He blows up a gas station, but it's not, it's not like God monsters fault. They were just walking by and people were careless and left stuff out when it shouldn't have been. So, uh, yeah, God Monster is a weird, a weird one. I don't know if it's a good movie. I don't know if it's a bad movie. It's definitely a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And finally, Crawl. Well, Jared, I don't know if you remember, but this was recommended uh, to us by uh, Justin Peterson. Okay. Uh, from director Alejandra Aja. Yeah. Uh, from one of uh, our favorite movies, High Tension. Yes, absolutely. Can't speak highly enough. Uh, and I know you're a big fan of horns also. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. So uh, I watched this crawl. Uh, <laughs> takes place down in Florida. Uh, crawl's actually, crawl's not bad. It's It's got some... It's got some good setup stuff, and I don't think they ever, like, overplay their hand too much. So that's good. Uh, I actually – there's a thing that's, like, the first half of the movie, and I think if they had stayed with that, other people – it wouldn't have had as much, like, mainstream appeal, but I think it would have been better. So it's this girl in Florida. She's, like, an – or she's a swimmer, like a speed swimmer, and uh, her dad is living there too, and a hurricane's coming through. And she's like, dad's not answering his phone. I got to go see him. So uh, she goes and it turns out um, there's like a crawl space under the house because Florida floods all the time. So it's like an unfinished like crawl space under the house. It's all muddy. And uh, dad appears to be under there. Oh, this was a movie I also looked on. Does the dog die? And I can happy to report he doesn't or she doesn't. Sugar, the dog is safe. Um, so it, there's like a crawl space and she's crawling under there and she sees that he's like uh, um, all banged up and she's like, oh, no. And she's trying to pull him out of there. And then a gator comes out of the crawl space because there's a gator down there. And so she like has to run. And there's like a little spot behind some pipes that they're safe. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. I was like, I didn't really think that this movie was literally crawling because I was like, are they trapped in that crawl space the whole time? I was like, that's kind of a like a, a neat little idea, you know? Like a little claustrophobic horror movie, right, here, Right? And I, I, it does, I would say there's probably like 20, 25 minutes that, 25 minutes to half an hour that are completely devoted to that crawl space. So I was like, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, but then the hurricane comes and it floods and then there's gators everywhere and they're just like eating people left and right. It's not really explained like if, 
gators are actually that aggressive or if like there's nothing supernatural to this it's but if you were like beside a gator would it eat you do you think probably right me probably I was a little confused when I first saw the gator. I was like, that looks like a crocodile. And then for like 15 minutes, I was trying to f- Google the difference differences between crocodiles and gators. Gators? Cause, gators. Because I was like, that'd be a pretty silly mistake for this major movie company to put crocodiles in instead of gators. It seems like they're okay, but uh, definitely look like crocodiles, if you ask me. Jarrett. Yeah. You are asking me, right? Hundred percent, but uh, I, it's it's not a bad little movie. It's something that I think if you were uh, looking for like creeptober things to fill the void, it's only eighty five minutes or so, so not too bad. So it's it's a uh, yeah. Sounds sounds breezy. Yeah, it's it was a nice little breeze. So you know, it was recommended and it just went on Amazon Prime like two days ago. So I was like, whatever. Well, there you go. I'll check it out. You, you didn't watch the Leprechauns. Uh, they were put on Prime four days after uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, just great planning on their end. But uh, if they were available on St. Patrick's Day, I would have watched them. So, so that's a lot of movies. Bitch. That's a lot of movies. I, I think yep. that's good. Yeah. Um, I finished watching the Chris Chen documentary up to the oh. at this point, part 33. I'm, I'm pretty glad it's, that you're done. No, it's still going, though. There'll be another episode in two weeks. I, I wish you wouldn't. It's 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 there. There's years to go. Like this is this, this isn't over. No. Can I ask you to what end are you? What's your interest? Like what's your end game here, Jer? Uh, I don't know. To just find out more about the world we live in, the state of things. Sure, sure. The, the, you, I'm, I'm really curious about what 2009 through 11 were really like. Hmm. What they were really like. You could watch Satanic Panic instead. I can't do it. I can't do that. Yeah, but but that's like that's behind me, and now I've got Mm -hmm. some now I have uh, some free time opening up, and who knows what I'm going to watch. Well, I'm going to as soon as I'm done all these phantasms, I'm going to try to stay away from horror for at least two days. At least till May. At least till May, yeah. So I'll uh, I'll try to find something else that I can watch. But uh, what are you going to watch? I don't know. What genre? What genre? I don't know. Whatever strikes my fancy. Maybe non-genre. Just sure. uh just documentaries. I like those. Sure. Yeah. Those are good. Uh yeah. you got any news? Uh Stuart or no, wait, not Stu. What's his name? Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon died. Yeah. Seventy two. We weren't even trying with him. No. He's he never even got to join. I was actually, I was getting ready to watch Space Truckers sometime soon. I I was just going to say, though, we got that email. I was going to say, the reason I was going to watch is in honor of the supply train or supply Ah. chain. (laughs) Well, when I heard he died today, I was like, what uh, movies haven't I seen? I was like, ooh, Space Truckers. I was like, I'd like to watch that, but it's not available on um, streaming platforms, so I can't. But you know what it is? It's because we got that email today about... uh, um, Full Moon Entertainment and Charles Band. That's why he died. He's, he's the only good one. Yeah. Yeah. So it was brought up by, see, we weren't even trying. Someone else brought it up and they still found a way to get him. Yep. Unbelievable. <sighs> yeah. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Um, celebrities are misguided fools. 
Sure are. That's an Haven't they always I mean, been? they always have been, but now it really underlines uh, how mm-hmm. much they don't bring anything to the table. True. Except us. <sighs> right? Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, can I talk about a movie? Sure. Another movie. Sure. After the break... Uh, we bust out our typewriter bugs and, and talk to their sphincters. Oh, you almost said something normal. Almost. Spare as an. When I became captain of the town, I decided to extend asylum to certain citizens who were persona non grata elsewhere in the area because of their disgusting and disquieting performances. One was known as Spare Ass Annie. She had an auxiliary asshole in the middle of her forehead like a baneful bronze eye. Another was a scorpion with a neck down. He had retained the human attribute of voice and was given to revolting paroxysms of self-pity and self-disgust, during which he had threatened to kill himself by a sting in the back of his neck. He never threatened anyone else, though his sting would have caused instant death. Spare ass Annie. Another and by far the most detrimental was like a giant centipede, but terminated in human. When I started writing Naked Lunch, people offered their opinions. Disgusting, they said. Pornographic, un-American trash, unpublishable. Well, it came out in 1959, and it found an audience. Town meetings, book burnings, and an inquiry by the state Supreme Court. That book made quite a little impression. Now, 30 years later, Hollywood in its infinite wisdom, has turned it into a movie. 30 feet tall, in living color. Cover your eyes, America. Run for your lives. You're a mocked man, Bill. You're just gonna have to leave town. Tourist class, I'm afraid. finished with doing weird stuff. I thought I was too, but I guess I'm not. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Naked Lunch from 1991, directed by David Cronenberg. The tagline for this film, RJ, Mm -hmm. exterminate all rational thought. (laughs) Okay. Blank-faced bug killer Bill Lee and his dead-eyed wife Joan like to get high on Bill's pest poisons while while lounging with beat poet pals. After meeting the devilish Dr. Benway, 
Bill gets a drug made from a centipede. Upon indulging, he accidentally kills Joan, takes orders from his typewriter turned cockroach, ends up in a constantly mutating Mediterranean city, and learns that his hip friends have published his work, which he doesn't remember writing. Mm. It's like Stephen King with Cujo. Just like. He doesn't remember it. it I, just, uh, that came to mind. <laughs> it was just written one day. It was just printed and on, on his desk. He's like, oh. So cool. how, do, how does uh, Naked Lunch measure up to Cujo? Uh, well, I've never read uh, Naked Lunch, but uh, I did watch a movie on it. So uh, I'm an authority, right? Uh, kind of. Maybe. Kind, well, kind of? So right here, RJ, I have a copy of Naked Lunch. The, you own it? Uh, the first paperback edition of the complete $6 Grove Press bestseller with wow. Massachusetts Supreme Court decision and excerpts from the Boston trial. Norman Naylor uh, writes, uh, uh-huh. the only American novelist living today who may conceivably be possessed by genius. Conceivably, you know, there's a lot of people talking about William Burroughs's genius, and uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, everyone was awful convinced, hey. Well, on the back here, we've got Terry Southern, who says an absolutely devastating ridicule of all that is false, primitive, and vicious in current American life. Do you know what else uh, Terry Southern had to say about uh, Mr. William Burroughs? What else did he have to say in that documentary you watched? <laughs> Uh, well, we can talk about that at the end, but uh, Terry Southern, uh, he he proclaimed that uh, Bill Burroughs was uh, the big daddy, the <laughs> daddy of all of them. Yeah. Who? All of them. Well, also over here, RJ, I have this book. Oh, God. Yeah. You can see that? So this yeah. is a research, the sort of um, kind of high quality book zine culture that came out of search sure. and destroy that uh v vale wrote this particular issue volume three or four it doesn't have the number on it it features mm-hmm. william s burroughs uh throbbing gristle who's uh sure. lead singer uh genesis p orridge just died in the midst of the whole uh covid19 pandemic so it's kind oh, of been slid over and uh brian geeson uh william s burroughs good close personal friend uh writing partner and also builder of a uh, the dream machine Hmm. You know about those dream uh, machines? I know about all the stuff you were just talking about. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And based on all this paraphernalia and merchandise you have, you must be a pretty big Bill Burroughs fan. Am I? Well, RJ. That's how it it's, appears. It's, at some point in my life, uh, in my uh, digging through, you know, this counterculture shit back in the day, I was like kind of like intrigued by this idea of cut up method Mm-hmm. Um, have, did you uh, happen to look that up this week, RJ, in the pre- pre- preparation for this William S. Burroughs-themed episode by uh, uh, our Creepsville citizen, David Cronenberg? Uh, I mean, I looked into some things. I, mean, I watched a documentary called Burroughs, the yeah, movie. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. So uh, I was uh, – I, I did some digging. I was trying to find some more stuff. Uh, I looked into old Bill himself, and I know I know a little bit about those beat era guys. I've seen a few movies. Well, there's like a lot of like kind of like little tips, little crossovers here. We have uh, two creep alumni. We've got uh, David Cronenberg, obviously, mm-hmm. of uh, Dead Ringers fame. We have Peter Weller of RoboCop fame. Mm-hmm. These are like all the, the first 25 uh, – God, There's more even. more than that, even. What about Bob Hoskins? Bob Hoskins. And uh, Ian what's Holm. his name? Ian Roy Holm. Schneider? Roy Scheider? 
Schneider? Schneider. Well, this would be his first appearance, right? Until uh, all that jazz. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I was thinking of like what we've seen. Ian Holm so far. was in. Uh, oh, Ian Holm. Yeah, it was in Brazil. You know, I always get Ian Holm and Bob Hoskins. Uh, yeah, I was kind of like, what are you talking about? Am I? Yeah, no, I... I meant Ian Holm. And Julian Sands. Julian Sands? Is that that no. guy who uh, did WikiLeaks? <laughs> Not unlike. He kind of looks like him. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Warlock. Cool. The Warlock? Warlock himself. Oh, that Julian Sands. Yes. Um, Interesting. Sandy Who. So Naked Lunch is a movie that I have only seen once before this week. Mm-hmm. And obviously the main reason I would have watched it was I was obsessed with that David Cronenberg. I was tracking down all sure. his movies on VHS mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, hey, there's another one. And there's this one called Naked Lunch. What a <gasps> what a fucking weird title that is. And I'm like, isn't that the name of some book? And sure mm-hmm. enough, it was. But it was always the one that I kind of... I was like, well, I don't know what this is about. It's based on some weird ass book, apparently. And it's supposed to be unadaptable. So it, mm-hmm. it didn't sound like it was like the horror stuff that Cronenberg had become famous for. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, well, you know. So then one day I watched it and I honestly don't remember anything about watching that movie, though I did okay. watch it way back when. Sure. So even like the visuals in this, I kind of remember like stuff about like uh, Tangier and yeah. Peter. Sweat sweatiness it's, uh, it's like there's sex but there's really no sex in this movie there's it's sexuality there's sexuality there's insect yeah. centipede monster rape sure the I, the threat of rape is ever present in this thing no yeah as uh i know you know about so watching <laughs> so watching this again uh-huh. like I, I think last week i was kind of like oh, okay well I'll be curious to revisit this, but I wasn't super excited about it mm-hmm. um, because I, I know I always was like in my mind it had been set in stone. Like this is definitely Lester Cronenberg, definitely right. Lester Cronenberg. But I will say that uh, upon revisiting it, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just because we've just been watching so many black and white movies yeah. <laughs> of late. Uh-huh. Uh, watching this like relatively contemporary movie from 1991, mm-hmm. it looks so good. This movie looks yep. amazing. Like the lighting is so great. The the actual like the film stock, the color. Like movies don't look like this at all anymore. Mm-hmm. They, 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 I don't know because we just watched like the Circle Rouge not that long ago, uh, and that's right. like that's like 1970 and is very desaturated. This though mm-hmm. does not shy away from color. Yep, I, I'm with you a hundred percent, my man. I almost exactly the same experience. Like. Uh, I'll get to it later when I talk, but like when I first watched it, I was like, meh. Uh, but now I think definitely with, cause what did you say? 12 out of the last 14 were black and white. Uh, pretty, things I, that, something like that. Yeah. It's, it was pretty damn close to that. I, so this, to- Tokyo this story, like I think it was like 12. And so coming yeah. to like watch something, uh, it's like watching color. I don't know. It's not so stupid to be like, cause I know people are going, you only like to watch, yeah. you don't like watching black and white movies, huh? It's like, well, Week after week, it kind of wears on you. Especially when, like, a lot of them are subtitled, too. Like, after you watch, like, ten black and white subtitled movies in a row, you're kind of like, yeah, I would like. Imagine if we were living in the 30s. Oh, imagine if it was was 1919 with the Spanish flu. Oh, jeez. Well, any movie at that point would have been uh, a marvel, no? (laughs) The the cinema dazzling our eyes. (laughs) It was dazzling, yeah. It'd be like Sister Act to the, but back then. But back then, 
But back then. So, yeah, going into this, I, I've still, I mean, as I said, I own a copy of Naked Lunch. Have I sure. successfully read this book? No. Because it is, uh, it's something. Challenging? It, I mean, it's it's a style of writing. It's a book about yeah. the writing rather than a plot. Uh, mm-hmm. The Wikipedia entry for this is for the recap of the novel, which barely even has like a idea. This yeah. movie takes so Cronenberg took has a pretty great idea. He's like, this book is unadaptable. So what about we take like Burroughs's life mm-hmm. and we kind of make this like semi autobiographical thing, lace it through the Naked Lunch story, bring yeah. in like Junkie, bring in his other uh, stories and stuff like that, and we'll just make up our own goddamn thing. And and it's still mm-hmm. very Cronenberg <laughs> because um, especially when it comes to the end of this movie where there's like sort of like a like a sinister plot. Uh, yeah, the interzone agents, right? Right, and then like just like the uh, men in women's suits and the uh, people suckling at head protrusions and drinking sure. down jism. Mog, uh, mog, 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 was it mogwai? Mogwai jism, I believe. Which I believe, like, I don't know sure how many times jism has come up in the Criterion Collection at this point. Uh, only when you've brought it up. I, I don't think I've maybe, ever. Maybe Chasing Amy? <laughs> Uh, yeah, fear I don't and lo- know if... fear and loathing, maybe. Um, oh yeah, fear and loathing. It's definitely mentioned uh, in that little infomercial that uh, he's subjected to. But uh, I mean, I think you bring it up almost weekly, right? Maybe that's off air. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. So wait, what were you getting at there? Oh, just like with David Cronenberg's relation to this subject matter. Oh, okay. Um, Because so because he's got these these guys. You have uh, on one side you have William S. Burroughs, who clearly he probably read, and I don't know if influence is right, but he definitely was thinking about that. Because on the other side you have J.G. Ballard, another Mm -hmm. um, science fiction ish writer who Cronenberg definitely loved. So, I mean, he's just like, this is all the nebula that he's exploring. And so he makes this mm-hmm. Naked Lunch movie, which uh, apparently cost, at the time, $18 million to make. And hmm. Bear did was not a box office smash. It wasn't? It, can you imagine? You don't say. I know. It's wild stuff. Do you remember the uh, the scene in The Simpsons where uh, Bart, Milhouse, and Nelson get, like, a, uh, a fake ID and they go see mm-hmm. a... Uh, I guess like an R-rated movie, and they they go to Naked Lunch. I uh, that is I pride myself in having a, a Simpsons encyclopedia in my brain for small little details and jokes like that. But uh, I do not remember the Naked Lunch one. But yeah. they go they, they they go into the theater, and then like there's a time lapse, and they leave the theater. And uh, Nelson, uh, this is off the Wikipedia, looks up to mm-hmm. the marquee and says, "I can think of at least two things wrong with that title." <laughs> He's not wrong. Now, what do you make of the title Naked Lunch? Uh, I, well, in the Burroughs documentary, it's lightly addressed at to what that actually means. Now, did, so. they, did they go with the, the Jack Kerouac interpretation? Uh, no, they don't really talk about Kerouac in that thing. Like some of the other guys, like Ginsburg is in there uh, quite a bit. But um, no, they were just kind of talking about like sexuality and uh, what is that thing? where you couldn't like publicly like talk about a lot of that stuff. So it was kind of like uh, going against the grain with what was allowed and things like that. 
So I, that's I, how they de- ta- describe it. So apparently, Burrow states in his introduction uh, with for Naked Lunch that Jack Kerouac suggested the title. Uh, quote: The title means exactly what the words say. Naked lunch, a frozen moment when everyone sees what is on the end of every fork. Huh. All right, Kerouac. These beat guys are sure wacky, huh? So how do you, well, so, I mean, did you uh, pick up that the two guys that he's hanging out with were uh, Jack Kerouac and Ginsburg? Yeah. 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 Well, so I, I have seen Naked Lunch before. And then uh, it's like I said, I, I had a mild interest in the beat era guys for mm-hmm. a while. So like I, I knew a little bit about their background. And then I did because I didn't, uh, I didn't get a ton out of it the first time I watched it. That's why I watched the Burroughs thing before rewatching Naked Lunch because I was like, maybe this will kind of help explain things to me a little bit. And they they don't actually talk about Naked Lunch that much, but it is all about Burroughs, which is helpful. As you point, yeah, in which you pointed out, like Naked Lunch is basically it's Naked Lunch and a biography about Burroughs. So, like when when I saw those guys, I was like, yeah, I know. I know now. I probably didn't at first, but yeah. I mean, when I would have watched this, I would not really have known about the the beat guys at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came a little bit later. So they yeah. they were just like these characters. And actually, the one thing I was like, know is like, hey, it's the guy from Da Vinci's Inquest. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that TV show at all. No, which guys in Da Vinci? Oh, just the actors themselves. Yeah, you mean? The, the guy who's the Jack Kerouac character. Right. He's uh he's a character. Yeah, there's that TV show Da Vinci's Inquest, a Canadian mm-hmm. classic. He sure. it's like one of the, and it's like, hey, it's a nice little Canadian actor showing up here. Um so yeah, Naked Lunch of the film. Like I said, watching it again, it was a very different experience. And uh mm-hmm. well, I don't think it's like top grade Cronenberg. I think it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um because it, it, it I mean it's it's bizarre. Like it is a yeah. it's definitely a strange movie that is not gonna be for everybody, but it seemed like this movie really did belong though to this era of like 91 of like cult movies coming out that were like they weren't just like cheaply made kind of fun goofy movies these are like i kind of out there art house like cinema that was mm-hmm. that was like beautifully photographed uh with like big name actors uh, mm-hmm. and like just kind of being willing to like uh take risks <laughs> and this movie does that with uh you know the the beloved typewriter cockroach agents mm-hmm. uh, with their very suggestive sphincter holes. What do you mean suggestive? That's their, uh, that's what they talk out that's of. How, that's how they talk out of their butts. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all I got from it. Yeah. Obviously. Right. Yeah. What? Huh? Bugs. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cronenberg's a weird sex criminal. So what are you going to do? <laughs> um, would you describe this movie as cold? Like the like, because that's usually a description uh, that people say always uh, use to describe uh, Cronenberg. I think this movie's hot, man. It's, Everyone's it's sweating, sweaty, dirty, and gross. Looking for their next opportunity. I know that's not what they meant, but uh, I don't really find it cold. No, I mean it's just personally. Um, uh, in our emails, uh, one of our listeners alluded to the woodenness of Peter oh, Weller. Yeah. I mean, like, so I, he's a little like stinted in that sense, but I, I do think it kind of fits with all, all these things. Like, especially there's all that stuff about like the junkie aspect into it too, which like, uh, at first book he made junkie and like all his life. And it's like, yeah, he, he, I think he's like, that's actually him though. 
Because when you see him talk, he is very like, uh, it's funny, all the people describe him and they're like, yeah, he's kind of a weird dude. He's uh, really shut in and he doesn't really, he takes a lot to like get anything out of him. And he's always just kind of there, like not talking, just like looking out. Oh, yeah. When you watch like footage of him, like he's that weird old man who talks like this. So I, I, I do think Peter Weller, he, he is a little like uh wooden, but I think it's cause that that's just what Burroughs was like. He was kind of yeah. a weird guy. And Peter Weller is kind of a wooden actor in general. Yeah. Like he, he has like sort of like a very restrained quality, I think to everything I've ever seen him with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other thing that made me pop into like this mindset of like what 1991 was like is because mm-hmm. uh, Judy Davis in this movie, she's also in Barton Fink, which came out in 1991. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Barton Fink, eh? Barton Fink. It's a fun name for a movie. Also, also a movie that Simpsons people go to. Yeah, that that one I do know. That one I do know. <laughs> it's got that John Goodman. That's what this movie is really missing at the end of the day is John Goodman. <sighs> Could you imagine? He, he, he brings the warmth, you know? <sighs> so what's this movie all about? Um, Fuck it, if I know. It, it's kind of, I mean, if you try to, like, figure out what the machinations of the, like, the the conspiracy are the the mm-hmm. the, the inter these fictional intergovernmental uh, factors using killer typewriters and mm-hmm. strange technology to like outthink the other like it's a, it's kind of a spy story mm-hmm. in some ways but the other way there's like the autobiographical elements um, where you know William S Burroughs um, he's an exterminator mm-hmm. or, or as he's called in this Billy uh, the character name of Junkie which is you know about yep. himself mm-hmm. um he, he finds out that his wife uh is is using his bug powder which is being supplied by a, a chinese man to uh yep. get high and he's like well maybe i'll try that too i, I guess i suppose he mm-hmm. talks to his doctor he tries some harder stuff has a real real messed up hallucination and he winds up uh playing out the, what actually happened with william s burroughs which there's two versions of that William S. Burroughs was playing a game of William Tell with his wife, Joan, and mm-hmm. accidentally killed her in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently he later told police that he was just, like, drunk, messed up, playing with the gun, and it just went off, and he killed her. Uh, they talk about it in Burroughs, and he's kind of like, he does the thing, he goes into the police station, and then his lawyer shows up, and uh, in the papers he was like, I have no recollection of what happened. No. It's like, it's like that kind of game for a while so yeah uh yeah i don't know make of it what you will but he killed her so he did he did kill her yeah that's i mean no one can dispute that no so she's dead and uh (laughs) yeah the bill bill takes that trip he goes Uh off to tangier this interzone uh it seems like in the book there's a lot more emphasis on anexia which we only Uh really see at the very we actually don't even see Anexia. It's like the end of the whole story where everything kind of yeah. comes full circle in this sort of vague, nebulous way that feels mm-hmm. right. It's not like a, I don't think you could describe it as a satisfying narrative conclusion because it's kind of hard to like figure out what is happening, but it feels like mm-hmm. the correct conclusion in the sense that it's like, oh, I guess he's come to realize that he killed her and she's dead, that these aren't two separate women. This is all the same mm-hmm. thing. And it's kind of in him escaping this reality. And it just ends at that. And you you can 
he goes back to whatever the state of anexia is and whatever one wants to uh, interpret anexia being in a literary way. It's the annex, right? It's It's like the the index. Yeah. Right? Right? It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a purgatory-esque. Yeah. I mean, isn't that writing and authors in general? This movie's very like, uh, like check out how crazy authors are, man. Look at the process. Well, that was the that was the idea, though. I mean, it is yeah. like the actual writing of this was process, like the the whole mm-hmm. cut up method where you're like you take you write a bunch of stuff and then you literally cut it up and then you paste it together and that's what you mm-hmm. go with. I mean, it is about process and just like letting weird uh, juxtapositions emerge and see what happens. And sometimes like, well, it's more interesting than what I was originally thinking. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I see. Uh, it flies in the face of how like traditional uh, thinking goes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. literally, you know, postmodern uh, thinking about literature. Postmodern Prometheus? Exactly. It's one of the best episodes of the X-Files. you ever seen it? <laughs> uh, not for a long time. It's got Cher in it, dude. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I was listening. You were you. absolutely. Yeah. No, I, no, I, uh, I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Continue but, on about uh, Naked Lunch. Yeah. So there is the. <laughs> I'm trying to think of where to go with thinking about this movie. You, you've done a pretty good job so far. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk about so. Oh, how do how do you like the Howard Shore? score which like you immediately recognize and then mm-hmm. up comes that jazz and then you read ornette coleman worked on that uh i i dig the the jazzy tune man i think it uh it fits pretty well with uh the whole vibe that they're going for you know i like it i like that it's not seinfeldy at all <laughs> not even a little bit not even a little bit you know you know uh what else were we talking about Oh yeah, Naked Lunch. So anyways, when you were talking about the author thing, the one scene that uh, I think is like hilarious is when uh, he comes back and his wife is uh, with that guy and they're doing it. And then there's another guy just reading like spoken word at them. Uh, I think that's so funny for some reason because it's like the – like the I don't know. I, I think it it's a, it's a nice commentary on like those guys, you know? It's like – it's kind of stuff I think you'd see like today in like an underground like art house and there's like people like I don't know some kind of performance art you know <laughs> and as you know art isn't real so well I mean this movie proves that both right and wrong contradictory contradictorily sure sure you I dig? just uh I do dig I just I find that scene like hilarious just because of like the, the ludicrous nature of what's happening and the, I knowing that there are people who take that kind of thing very seriously and probably do that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I thought that was funny. Hey, this movie's got a cool, greasy uh, aesthetic, doesn't it? It's like I said, it's all hot and sweaty and everyone's yeah. like, cool. like, it makes you feel like you're in Tangiers, dude. Well, one thing that's interesting too is like it's clearly shot on a lot of sets, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't bother be- so much because yeah. the 
it's I don't know. It feels like because the movie it feels like a construct. It feels like it's about mm-hmm. um, like artifice and like because of the the drug addiction. And so like I mean the movie of like having the drug addict in like a real situation. There's lots of those movies that exist already. This is a fantasy. Part of it is about escaping. Mm-hmm. Uh, real life and be it mm-hmm. like constructs of like, well, I'm going to be in this, like, you know, the heteronormative family and I'm going to have my wife and like, I'm going to have my wife and we're going to like, she's going to make dinner for me and mm-hmm. I'm going to have my job. I'm not going to have time to write anymore. Cause I, I mean, I don't need to, it's the best job I've ever had. I just kill bugs and it's very self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. And like when you have to write for yourself, it becomes a lot more of a, a question, I guess, of like what that means. It's a, uh... So <laughs> I just watched the uh, the baseball uh, episode of The Simpsons, you know, with Ken G- Griffey Jr. and Daryl Strawberry. Mm-hmm. And there's that Mike so- uh, Mike Sosha thing where he's just working in the nuclear power plant and he eventually gets horrible, uh, like leukemia and cancer and radiation poisoning. But he was very much the same thing where they're like, don't you want to play on the softball team? And he's like, honestly, he's like, I kind of just really like that. I have this job that there isn't this pressure to, he's like, I just kind of go about my day and he spills the radiation waste. And he's like, they're like, no big deal. Just keep going. And I think it applies to what you were saying. He's like, this is the best job I ever had. He's like, I go spray the bugs and, uh, that's it. He doesn't have all that added pressure of, you know, being more, Jared. That's right. Isn't, isn't that what we all want at the end of the day? I, I just uh, – <laughs> one one term unrelated to anything you just said that came about. Sure. That I'm like, huh, you don't hear that come up too often is uh, Bildungsroman. It's, uh, uh, it's I, I am completely unfamiliar so with this, that. So this apparently is a – it's a German word. Uh, and refer- it's basically about the, the coming of age story. That is okay. the, that is like the term of uh, following a protagonist from youth to adulthood. And I guess like you could – someone used this term to describe this particular film adaptation, how it takes mm-hmm. the naked lunch story that ha- is kind of this shapeless sort of text uh, uh-huh. that, like with su- suggestions and vignettes and kind of uses uh, the Burroughs story as the framing narrative. And so, oh, okay. in, in, in by doing so, it creates like this coming of age story, which some people have a problem with, because mm-hmm. it, like it undermines the the so called beauty of uh, Naked Lunch, which is considered one of the. Uh, uh, I believe it is on the list of 100 best English language novels from 1923 to 2005. Can I tell you something? Yo. I think those lists are horseshit because sometimes I've sometimes. been burnt on a lot of those those books before where everyone's like, it's the greatest book ever. And then I read it and I'm like, I don't like this. It's not good. You know what I mean, Jer? You know what I mean, Jer? I'm reading a book right now and it was like highly recommended. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know, Jer. All these people with their opinions. It's like I said earlier in that documentary, uh, they all talk about how um, they're like, we're pretty sure that uh, Burroughs is the only real genius. Right. And you're like, why? I don't know. Was he? So, yeah. what do you what do you think about those uh, mugwai things? The the bugmen? Well, not the are they not, called mugwais? Isn't that what uh, mung, mung, gremlins is? Oh, yeah, I don't. It's like mungwai or something like that. Mungwai? Yeah. Uh, I think he's super cool. I think his head stuff is gross, like all the tubes that, that they're just excreting. Yeah, that are just excreting stuff. Like, uh, I think that stuff's all wicked gross, but like, um, that's, that's just Cronenberg, right? He's kind of a gross dude, isn't he? 
you know? Well, he's about, he sometimes uh, embraces the abject and the, and the sure. body. And yeah, he, he's, that's, yeah. that's just shtick. That's just shtick. Uh, I think they're, other than that, I think those guys are pretty cool. They'd, they'd work good in like a Hellboy book. Yeah. Just kind of like hanging out. I like, I like him just hanging out at a bar. I think that's pretty neat. Cause you know, maybe he, maybe he deserves a day off, you know? Do you see yourself suckling at those dudes' uh, head protrusions? Yeah. You, you want to get, get, get down on that? I mean, it's coming it's, out of their like ranch or something. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. like watered down ranch. Yeah. Oh. Like low fat ranch. Yeah. Like sixty oh, percent okay. less fat. Sixty percent less. Yeah. No, those dudes are cool, and uh, I think the bugs are pretty neat. Um. Like, all the monsters are cool. The uh, spine rape dick monster is a little weird, but, you know. <laughs> and uh, the uh, – what do you think about the birdcage? Uh, well, like, the uh, society-esque uh, oh, shunting yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. type thing. What's uh, what's your take on that guy? On Julian Sands? Yeah, just taking in. Taking it all consuming. in. Consuming. I guess it's just uh-huh. like – it kind of like – because he's like this ultimate predator. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, apparently this uh, this book also got into some trouble because of oh. things like predatory uh, men. They, they didn't. They, they did not like the frankness and depictions and descriptions of sex, which is, uh, no. yeah, uh, I believe uh, the book was banned in Boston in 1962 due to obscenity, notably child murder and acts of pedophilia, making it among sure. the last works to be banned in the city. Sure. Sure. No. There sure. you go. I, I feel well, like there's – oh, yeah, actually, the one thing, fun fact, fans of Beat Generation literature, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker named the band Steely Dan after a revolutionary steam-powered dildo mentioned in the novel. Yeah, those are pretty standard fare now. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you I think, mean, what do you think, RJ, of Naked Lunch? Well, since we're on all the sex stuff, so I was watching that Burroughs movie, and uh, they speak pretty openly about that, like – like him and like his affairs with like the other beat guys like Ginsburg and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting because they're like super open about it, but then they're also, they all have like a really similar experience. Like they were kind of like, yeah. And he was there and uh, we were in love and then he's gone. And then like, it goes to another guy. He's like, yeah. And so like we had sex and then uh, we were gone and it goes to another guy who's like, I've known Bill for 25 years. And you don't know Bill until you know Bill. And then he's talking to me. He's like, when Bill was in school, he was a lady killer. He was getting all, all the skirts. And they're like talking about it to like in front of a guy that like just openly is like, yeah, we, we had sex all the time. And he's like, isn't that right, Bill? Weren't you always chasing the girls? And he's like, yeah, I guess. And yeah. And I was like, interesting. There's all these things. Yeah. All these things that exist with, uh, this guy and, uh, his, sordid romances where no one seems to have like a bad opinion of him, but it's like, yeah, he kind of, they were all experiencing things and sorting themselves out. I wonder if his uh, dead wife, what her opinion was. Oh yeah. Well actually like, (laughs) so the one thing I'll say is like, he kind of seems like a bad dude because like, (laughs) uh, so like one, he killed his wife and then like all these other guys, they they do kind of like, they speak like highly of him, but it's always kind of implied that like, he was like an older guy who they all like really admired, but then they all had like romantic relationships. And it's like, that could be anything, but 
you know, that depends on, it's like, was he like manipulating his power to like do things or something? He doesn't seem like it, but when you hear other people talk and then there's a story of his son. So his son, like, uh, he, he bailed on and like left him with his, uh, parents, which I mean, people have reasons for doing things, but it was like, that's when he went to like Tangiers and stuff. He just kind of like left his son. And then uh, he would send him like butterflies and like cool things from the jungle. And his son, his son speaks like highly of him. He's like, yeah, dad just kind of had to leave. But then his son dies because he was a drug addict. And then you're kind of like, um, like they mentioned like the addiction stuff with his son in there. And I don't know, you see their like relationship and it's very clear that they've haven't like spent any time together. So anyways, it's just. All, all that stuff. I was like, Burrow, like everyone speaks so highly of him, but he kind of seems like a bad dude. Like, I don't know. <sighs> Problematic. Problematic. That's a good way to put it. That's, yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, is like there's like a whole generation of people that will like completely protect uh, that legacy, though, and like mm-hmm. not question that sort of stuff. But I mean, even with, uh, as I mentioned before, Genesis Peorage, who died, uh, yeah. like, people, like, I mean, yeah, people are like, oh, Genesis Peorage, like, what a great influencer and all these things like that. But it's like, well, apparently there's like the, I can't remember the name of her. Um, she was part of the scene with him with Robin Gristle. Mm. And, uh, yeah, apparently it was like really fucked up stuff. Yeah. That, like, oh, no one talks about that. And it's just like, yeah, we're in that period of time though where that's changing and what however that plays out over time we'll see but yeah it's curious when you go back to these uh another generation and what their uh what their systems were and what their practices were and i mean like because like burl's got put on my radar from uh grant morrison because uh grant morrison (laughs) was like one of those guys that like would have held him up in high regard as burroughs was a uh practicer of chaos magic and sure of course so, yeah. I mean, there's the, you know, your Phil Hines and such, uh, uh-huh. Peter J. Carroll, they're all into him and this, this whole thing, there's, and there's always that undercurrent of sex mm-hmm. and, uh, yep. maybe it'd be a positive force or perhaps a negative force or one that you're just like in for, for a good time. And then you, you're out of there. Yeah. I mean that, and that's how it seems, right? Like, so it's what I was saying. Like, I don't really know how to draw a conclusion. Like I'm not drawing conclusions out of it, it's, but you do see, uh, you see kind of a like an equal side. It's like, yeah, they all loved him, but it's like, but what else was he doing? So anyways, <laughs> the last thing I'll say about Burroughs, just because I think it's funny, and then I'll, I'll tell you what I think of Naked Lunch, yeah. which I already have, but there's this really funny scene in Burroughs where he's like, he's showing them all of his weapons. So oh, he's got yeah. like, he's, he's got like a blow gun, and then he's got like a, like these uh like pellet guns and then he's got big bowie knives and like nunchucks and like a knife stick and he's <laughs> he like shows like a knife stick and he's like yeah so if some guy comes up to you you can pop him in the head with this he's like and if there was a blade on it you just slit their throat <laughs> and then after all of his weapons he's like you know i don't really like violence he's he's like that's why i have these ah yes and and you're you're kind of like oh, yeah. uh <laughs> He, what he, bill he, he made art with out of uh like shooting at canvases i, I don't whoever made that documentary i think they knew what they were doing with that because it, it plays out really funny like he he shows you about like nine different weapons that he has and he's like yeah i don't really like violence mm-hmm. and you're like okay sure it's, it's such a weird thing anyways naked lunch uh so i've mentioned a few times like uh, when I first watched it a couple of years ago, um, 
roommate Scott, he had the Criterion version of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we watched it and I wasn't like, I wasn't super into it. Uh, even though I really like, even at that time, I really liked Cronenberg, but I was kind of, it was the story itself. I was like, I'm, I'm not super following this. I don't know a lot of like about this guy or any of these things. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, watching it this time, I, uh, I, I definitely got more out of it. Uh, cause I think I went in with a low expectation. I was like, yeah, I remember I don't like the story, but like the Cronenberg aspects are cool. So I kind of went to that stuff. I was like, yeah, I still like all the uh, Cronenberg like uh, practical effects and just the vibe that he sets in this thing. And then uh, even though I'm the strongest proponent of how context shouldn't matter, uh, knowing a little bit more about these guys definitely made the movie more accessible. But still, I, I don't think that that's a a mark of a good movie anyways, but it did help me at least. I was like, well, it's good to know. I know all these things about Burroughs now and I kind of know a little bit more. Um, I do, uh, I do still think that like, like it doesn't bother me as much that the movie is kind of like, it kind of like goes between these two things. And even it sounds like naked lunch, the book he says like, or built like William Burroughs said himself. He's like, yeah, you can kind of read any chapter out of order because it doesn't matter. And I was like, okay, like that makes a little bit more sense now for all this stuff. Like it's just kind of just like biographical stuff, but then things that came off of that when he was all like doing his, uh, his drugs and (laughs) things like that. So, uh, I think I definitely think at the time that we're watching it, it plays better because like we said, it, uh, at, at the end of a long run of things, it's so such a stark contrast from what we've been watching lately. And it's like, man, a change of pace for a while, what, man, what a change of pace, what a change of pace. Uh, yeah. And I, I like the Mogway guys. Um, I think the en- ending with, uh, their, like, their suckling farm is horrifying. Yeah, it's like oh, there's like because there's just dozens of them hanging yeah. off of chains. It's well, it's like a hookah bar, but with living creatures. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that I mean that fits in a lot with oh, my personal and, viewpoints of humans. Like, so anyways. the other thing too is like uh, to do a shout out for uh, Carol Spear, who's the production sure. designer on this stuff that, oh, cool. that he's worked with, and it's like yeah, like she just uh, she just does amazing work. Oh hell yeah, man! Is she like? Uh, for a lot of his stuff or yeah. just this one? Yeah. Uh, for, ooh, let's see of how long she, if she's still uh, the go-to, but yeah, no, like Eastern promises, history of violence. She's still there. Yeah. yeah. No, I yeah, told, she's real good. When did she start? Fuck uh, dead zone, dead zone, oh, fly cool. dead ringers, naked lunch, like all the way through Canadian bacon, Joe's apartment, ooh. blade two. Oh, baby this uh specific rim this lady's defined my life hey uh, germo swept in on that too oh oh yeah oh yeah you can tell guillermo's like all over this kind of stuff yes you know stealing from other people (laughs) right i saw a thing where it was like guillermo del toro's movie can't uh filming canceled because of the covid and i was like well yeah and everyone was like I don't know. Everyone is like, is like, let him make his movie. And I was like, well, guys, <laughs> come on now. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I definitely got more out of Naked Lunch this time than um, than last. So it's, I'm with you where it's, it's not like 
all other Cronenbergs I think are like so much better, but I think those movies, like some of his other movies are just so good in general. It's like, he, even though Naked Lunch is a bottom rung for him, it's like his movies are still better than a lot of other people's best efforts. So mm. yeah, see, actually I think Naked Lunch is uh, elevated for me. Cause I mean, uh, my controversial opinions is I don't know how much I love the brood and scanners. Oh, okay. Uh, or like the or rabbit even. I think Naked Lunch sure. is definitely like uh more in line with what he wants to probably make. But I mean like obviously sure. the fly video drum, Dead Ringers, they're yeah. uh they're they're the the echelons. But I think Naked Lunch is like that second tier for sure. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not definitely like some people consider his worst movie. Um I would have to take a look back and rewatch some stuff to get that opinion. And I I mean I'd say Naked Lunch is probably more along the lines of Crash, which is the uh movie that JG he bases off of uh, JG Ballard that I mentioned hmm. before that I was blanking out on. But that's cool. Yeah. Hell That's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. What are you got any other brain busters over there? Just to talk about the people who hate this movie. Oh, actually one other one is um the other kind of little crossover to the Criterion Collection so far in our creep mm-hmm. is uh, Hoxon, Witchcraft Through the Ages. Because oh, yeah. the uh, the 1968 cut of this is narrated by William S. Burroughs and was distributed mm-hmm. by uh, this guy, Anthony Balch, who at one point was going to adapt Naked Lunch himself back in like the late 60s with Mick Jagger. But mm-hmm. it never happened because I guess Mick Jagger... Uh, didn't t- took a turn on the project, and then at one point Dennis Hopper was going to play Bill Lee as well. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, it's a uh, I mean, very different movie. Mm-hmm. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Nothing. Nothing, right? Nothing. Ah. So who hates this movie? I don't know. I mean, I don't blame people. This is definitely not going to be for, uh, yeah. for all, because um, this could go. The way of a jubilee for some, probably, as we'll oh, yeah. as we'll hear. Uh, now fell the most recent lowest rating. Okay, uh, half star, almost Cronenberg's worst. To its credit, there are some interesting scenes and props where Burroughs and Lynch are masters at reeling us into the subconscious. Cronenberg comes off as a babbling idiot, clearly too cowardly to be a recreation of the book by the same name. Naked Lunch is an attempt at an homage, but is merely an insult. It's a lot of, mm. uh, a lot of, a lot of claims, not a lot of evidence. Yeah. I, uh, so their favorite movies I'll get to, uh, they're pretty much what you would expect, but, um, I'm just noticing some things in, uh, movies that they gave half a star to Jared movies like King Kong platoon. Oh, uh, you say, space. say that again. Uh, King Kong, Platoon, West Side Story, all half star films. Apparently. Oh, wow. Same as The Straight Story, a half a star Ooh. for some reason. Uh, maps to the Stars. So they just don't like Cronenberg. Maybe, well, maybe that's, uh, that's maybe that's Cronenberg's worst film. Maps to the Stars, no, which, I have, which I have not seen. Um, me neither. Maybe uh, next time. Uh, they also gave High Noon a half a star, Jarrett. Hmm. Uh, Small Soldiers, a half a star. Dazed and Confused, Under the Skin, and Barton Fink are half-star films, apparently. Wow. But uh, their favorite films are Pulp Fiction, Clockwork Orange, 2001, and Apocalypse Now. It's like a a, tr- a magnificent troll job. Yeah, they have their bio says, Disclaimer, I tend to give lower scores to give more variance to the movies I really enjoy. Oh. So I guess there's that. I see. 
Uh, next up, half a star from Captain Farts. <laughs> and Captain Farts simply writes, what a festering turd. Oh, yeah. That's uh I mean if if anyone's gonna know about turds, I mean <sighs> Captain Farts has gotta be the the guy. Oh, that's the good stuff. I mean Captain Farts might not be wrong. They gave straight story five stars. Okay. Which is pretty cool. But uh they gave your favorite movie Arrival five stars also. Mm. But the big good David Lynch fan, Elephant Man, five stars. Five stars to Akiru coming up next week. So they're not gonna be back next week boys and girls uh, girls five stars to hook that's pretty cool but uh they don't have any favorite movies but let's see if there's any other interesting half stars space jam so both of these people gave space jam a half a star <laughs> which i find like i find that weird because it's like i know some people don't like space jam but like space jam is a pretty universally beloved movie right it's a it's cheese i'm yeah. sure i'm sure i'll watch worse movies in my life i've never seen space jam and i'm going to continue not because space I know it's not for me. I'm not an RJ. I'm not a child. Yeah, they gave Dennis the Menace a half star too. So this person's just got bad opinions left and right. Uh, One more. M.D. Perkins. Half a star. I already hate the source material, so pair this with one of my most suspect film directors and you get a film I appreciate from a clinical distance but strain to like at every moment throughout. Well, no shit, buddy. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, what did they say? The most suspect directors or what did they say? Something. One of their most suspect film directors. So I guess they're, uh, mm. they're on, always on the caution when it comes to Cronenberg movies. They're, uh, they're not suspect or caution to Marvel movies of which they give five stars, like things like Dr. Strange. Wow. Okay. Five stars. Uh, I mean, there's lots of other movies like Criterion movies that they gave five stars and, uh, weird. So this person and the last person gave the fugitive with Harrison Ford, five stars, both of them, <laughs> which is real weird. Uh, favorite movies making of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Dick Tracy, Fata Morgana. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. That's a uh, Werner Herzog. Oh, oh, I, you could have fooled me. This person gave half a star to Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant, Jared. Mm. Half a star to I Am Sam. Half a star to Crash, the Cronenberg one, and uh, Benjamin Benjamin Button. Art School Confidential, half a star. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know. I don't even know anymore, Jared. Who knows, man? Yeah. Who knows? Well, any final thoughts on this lunch? Um, it's sure naked. That's no, uh, better on rewatch, I, w- I would say. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, like 100%. It's, uh, it's a movie that I didn't have much of a strong opinion of either. I was like, oh, really? That That's the one that's in the collection? I mean, it's cool that Cronenberg's in there. But and now watching it again, I'm like, this movie's like actually really good. Like, I don't know. I, I was a. Uh, I turned around. I turned mm-hmm. around on this one. It's a, a rarity because usually it's the other way around. Very true. Yeah, better on rewatch. I uh, yeah, it's still not up there with uh, his best, but uh... so there you go. There you go. There you go. After the break, I don't know. RJ is going to get raped to death by a centipede monster played by Julian Sands, and he's going to like it. Man, but I'm I'm sorry. I'm like 
I'm I'm taking the bus. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Gotta go back to Nexia. Shoot my you, wife in the head. That's you too late. Couldn't help it's yourself, too huh? Too late for you. You just couldn't help yourself. For three hours solid, I think they're using it for the operating room. The laboratory has been locked for three hours solid. I think they're using it for an operating room. <sighs> Nurses. I can't find her pulse, doctor. Dr. Benway, cardiac arrest, god damn it. He looks around and picks up a toilet plunger. He advances on the patient. Make an incision, Dr. Limp. He says to his RJ, have you, have you ever snorted bug powder? Uh, not that I can uh, detest. Protest? Not that I can say on a public forum. What about you? Well, I, I always remember uh, watching some clip. I think it was like an Adam Curse documentary about how, uh, was it, DDT is uh, fine to ingest for humans. It's perfectly DDT? safe. DDP? I made Dallas Page? Yeah, DDP yoga. Okay. It's perfectly fine to ingest. And uh, uh-huh. he took he had a box of it and just proceeded to, like, shovel it into his mouth. He's like, see, it's fine. And I'm always wondering, whatever happened to that guy? Is he okay? Uh, are any of us? You know what I mean, Jerry? I don't think, I don't think any of us. I mean, I did spray for some bugs uh, in the fall. I probably ingested some of that, but uh, I tried not to. Were you spraying your keyboard? No, uh, I had some bugs outside, and uh, they were bugging me, as they do. So I was like, yeah, you're bugs. You can email us at criteriancreeps at gmail.com and tell us about your pest control methods. Sure. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We've got a Patreon, you know, in this post-COVID world. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that it's staying where it's at, but I don't know. I feel like it might be taking a turn when people start realizing I don't have money. <laughs> well, when the world oh, is over, I didn't it mention, I, I didn't mention this in the preamble, but, like, the one thing I've been seeing is, like, these boutique labels have been pushing real hard for people to order movies and I'm kind of like huh you know you know you can't eat that in the new economy and these companies know that too and they got to rely I mean I get it it's all a hustle we gotta we're all in it for ourselves to a degree and it's like hey dummy before you realize how much you don't need movies come and buy some come and buy some buy some hey maybe they people if instead of contributing to movies they can contribute to our patreon so we don't die and get so that we don't die and have to go to the grocery store and get covid um yes please help us we're on soundcloud stitcher itunes google play tumblr tumblr uh-huh um stuff sure. next week spine 221 in light of the uh, American Republicans' view on how we should be treating our elderly in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, it's time to watch Akira Kurosawa's Akiru from 1952 and realize we've always treated our elderly horribly. Sure, sure have. But not perhaps to this level of now? Huh. Um, probably not, but there's always a first for everything? That's right. Huh? Well... 
let's uh yeah we'll, con- we'll wrap up that trilogy of treating people old people real bad and start a new from, one uh, start a new one well, we, we had umberto d we had tokyo story and now we have akiru well what's next fat girl <laughs> kick them while they're down all right good night <laughs> uh, yeah i'll see you later <laughs>